We are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in over 40 years where the stock market just finished the worst first half of a year in more than five decades. We are a nation that has the highest energy cost in its history, and we are no longer energy independent or energy dominant, which we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for oil. We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've never seen anything like this. We are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is about all you get. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon and China to use the trillions and trillions of dollars it's taken from the United States to build a military to rival our own. We are a nation that over the past two years is no longer respected or listened to all around the world. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country. And it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down. As long as we are confident and you know, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again.
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome, 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 one and all. My fellow Americans, my fellow countrymen, how are you guys doing tonight? Welcome to another edition of The Sea Report. We're coming to you live on this Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. And it's great to be here with you guys today. And I uh, hope you guys are ready for another uh, great show here. As we're coming live to you on uh, multiple stations, including Rumble, thefoxhole.appill.net, twitch.tv, uh, CloudHub, and uh, Trovo this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Costa. This is great to be here with you guys today. Uh, as you all know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the talk of the town uh, has been uh, the raid on uh, President Trump's Mar-a-Lago establishment, uh, or compound, if uh, you're John Solomon, that's what you would call it, <clears throat> uh, that happened yesterday uh, in the, uh, I guess it happened in the mid to evening hours over in Florida, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, uh, we're getting reports of that just as we were going on the air yesterday. So, uh, as you might imagine, a lot of questions and a lot of answers have come out of uh, what's been going on over there uh, in the meanwhiles uh, between here and there. So, you better believe, ladies and gentlemen, on tonight's Sea Report, we are going to take a look and try and encapsulate as much of the information as I've come across in the last few hours about what's going on here. You know, but uh, this is, this is, uh, uh, oh man, talk about, talk about uh, drawing out the emotions of the patriots, of uh, those who love our president, love our nation. Um, there's so many different ways that uh, this could go that we're experiencing here. Uh, I would like to, uh, <clears throat> I would like to say though, you know, first of all, first of all, the first thing I always think of Whenever something that is very trying or something that is very uh, disconcerting or even something that could quite deflate one. Because, you know, when uh, people heard the reports about the FBI performing a raid on our president, whom, whom greater America might view as a former president, right? Uh, whom greater America may not recognize as perhaps the best president that this nation has ever known, ladies and gentlemen, because you're talking about an individual, you're talking about a man, you're talking about a human who had the strength, the courage, and the will to pull this nation back from the brink, ladies and gentlemen. An individual who had the gall to stand up to the worldly powers of the globalist influences, the transhumanist, uh, inhuman type of ideals, and all of their power, and pull this nation back from the edge, okay? When we were already falling off that cliff, we were already falling down that hill, okay? So, so, so there's, there's sections of greater America that don't view this man that way. They don't view the things that he did. They don't even acknowledge, they don't even know what he did for them, 
keeping in mind that these people hate him, these people despise him, these people uh, jeer at him, these people decry him. But that made no difference to him. This man said, I am returning the power back to the people. He didn't say whether you love me or whether you hate me. He didn't say even if you, uh, even if you despise me. He didn't say any of that. There, there was no need to say any of that, ladies and gentlemen. There was no need to say any of that. It's understood, you know, especially when a statesman steps up to the plate, which is something that many people have seemed to have forgotten about. What is a statesman, right? You know, we're used to the politician. But uh, that has been that has been the cause of concern, ladies and gentlemen. That has been the cause of concern for the most part for today. And you know, that's with it's with all due uh, it's with all due reason to be quite honest with you guys because you know, we've never seen anything like this in American history. But you know what, guys? We are living in uncharted territory. Uh, as I've said before, we are living history right now. We've been living history from the moment that President Trump went down that golden escalator. As if though he were descending from somewhere on up high above. Were there other gold type of items, golden gates, maybe? I don't know. You could say that. Uh, but, you know, it's been part and parcel, not just President Trump that has been making history that we're living in, right? It's not just been President Trump who has been making the history that we're living in. We, as the American people, have also been making that history alongside our president because everything that we have done since that time has been notable. It's been differential from any other time that we as a nation have survived, right? It's been different from any other time. We as a nation right now have been writing the books of history alongside President Trump. You want to say that President Trump is a historical president who is doing things that no other president or man or individual has done before. So are the American people right now as we as we sit here and as we, uh, as we uh, enjoin ourselves together for the next hour or two here at the Sea Report, as we enjoin ourselves together in, in our kinship, in our brotherhood, in our sisterhood, in our, in, in, in our family, familial feelings for each other, you know? Uh, we enjoin ourselves together, and uh, we are all part of this moment, ladies and gentlemen. And now, a lot of people would say that this is a landmark moment. You know, one would not expect that the deep state, the globalists, would get so desperate, ladies and gentlemen, that they would get so panicked that they would actually enact something like this upon 
a president of the United States. It's nothing that we've ever seen in this nation. Uncharted territory, ladies and gentlemen. Uncharted territory. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen? As we trek through this uncharted territory, and I want you guys to keep an eye on this. As we trek through this uncharted territory, don't forget one thing. We are the ones who are mapping out this territory. As uncharted as it is, we will lay down the footsteps and the footpaths and the pathways for future generations should any type of scenario or situation come up like this in the future. The Founding Fathers could not have expected that the government that they bore could become so corrupt that they would need to find a way and to jot it down on parchment on how to rectify a faulty election. Faulty for whatever reason. Founding fathers could never have anticipated that, right? Founding fathers could never have anticipated the world that we live in today. It was outside of their purview. It was outside of their scope of knowledge, you know? So for those reasons, we find ourselves where we are today. We find ourselves where individuals like uh, the um, Rhino Assembly Speaker of the House, Robin Voss, who today, it's election day in Wisconsin. We got primaries running today, ladies and gentlemen. We have primaries running today. What, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and two or three other states, right? And... Rhino Speaker Robin Voss can say the Constitution did not give us a path to rectifying a faulty election and therefore we cannot do it. Relying on the ignorance of the people, little did he know, dun dun dun, the people have been waking up steadily since 2016. Steadily, quite fastly. Consider the amount of Americans that have awoken since 2016. Consider the amount of Americans that were awake prior to that. You could say, oh, you know, I saw this film, I saw this documentary, that woke me up. You know, uh, 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 the, uh, the rider of the pale horse, you know, money masters, all those things. Things like myself had relied on to wake up, you know, oh, you know, oh, oh we got uh, who, who, you know, just uh, just go down the list of individuals that could have possibly woken up people in the past. Right. You take money masters, for example, you know, take behold the pale horse, for example. Right. And uh, you you got uh, you got a scattered amount of people waking up talking about the Federal Reserve Central Bank, which it's back, it's back in the conversation, ladies and gentlemen. The Federal Reserve Central Bank, as one of the main heads of the Hydra that has destroyed this nation, is back in the conversation, okay? It was going to come back. It was going to come back, ladies and gentlemen, it was my belief that President Trump would take out the Federal Reserve in his second term. Optically speaking, he did not see a second term. 
and could not do that. But he knows, you know, I know exactly what type of function that, that uh, the central bank takes and how it creates debt slaves, ladies and gentlemen, how it destroys economies. It's, it's a seed of knowledge that we have begun to understand within the last two decades. You know, prior to 2010, 2015, who would have known what the functions of the central bank known as the Federal Reserve did? That knowledge, ladies and gentlemen, is something that these uh, politicians who sit up there on the hill, who are fake, false, phony, traitorous, treasonous people, who in their own clown world, okay, in their own clown world, put on a show for the American people, entertain the American people, deceive the American people. That is their role as politicians. You could say all at the 400 and something of them, ladies and gentlemen, minus five, right? Up on the hill, putting on a show. It's a three-ring circus. It's Barnum and Bailey's, all for the American people, just to satisfy the, 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 the needs of the urges of the politically inclined and those who might be awake, but more so to pacify them in generalities that they will never understand, and they are depending on that. Little did they know that those who were awake held that torch until a real leader stepped into the fire for us. And that was President Donald Trump. So, you know, there's a lot of emotions running high around this FBI raid that took place at Mar-a-Lago yesterday. A lot of emotions. You know, we got a lot of individuals, and justly so, who are very upset by this because of the very um, message that this is signaling, the very sim symbolicism of this, right? You know, it, it's reminding people of third world countries. It's reminding people of communist countries. You know, it's, it's almost like a prerequisite to going into some type of uh, neo-communist fascist era for America. Well, we've been here, ladies and gentlemen. We have been here at the threshold of this neo-communist fascist Feudalist system, I mean, come on, let's just, get, let's just get real. As debt slaves, we're basically living at the behest of our feudal lords. And uh, we're playing tic-tac-toe with the clowns that keep on tricking us into uh, misplacing our X's and our O's. I mean, that's all that's going on here. That's all that has been going on here this entire time, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of us are aware of this. A lot of us know this. A lot of us can discern this, right? A lot of us can discern this. But, you know, when it comes to times like this, because we have a whole bunch of different segments of patriotic or awake Americans or, uh, you know, uh, whatever, however you want to define those who are politically inclined, aware and awake, and who are watching right trump supporters america first people however you want to, however you want to define 
these different segments. Well, we have a whole bunch of different segments that are taking this in a whole bunch of different ways. We have those who are saying, oh my God, this has never happened in the history of the United States of America. We need to do something about this. And that's what they say. And that's all they say. And that's actually all they do. There's that class. You can, you can call that class the rhino, right? The, the class of the rhino. We need to do something about this. And uh, why don't we fundraise a little bit while we're at it? President Trump was uh, President Trump was raided by the FBI. Send a thousand dollars to the RNC because we need to make sure that we do not weaponize our uh, federal agencies and law enforcement. Okay, Rhino. All right, no one's paying attention to you anymore, Rhino. Go ahead and uh, walk off into your uh, field over there. Join your donkey, join your elephant, rhino, okay? We don't need you anymore. We, as the American people, do not need you anymore, okay? You have the class who thinks this is just the end, okay? This is just the end that they're going to run over this entire movement because they did it to President Trump. They're going to indict him, and then... They're going to prevent him from running in 2024, and that's going to be it. You have the class that's ready to get uh, down to brass tacks, okay? We need to sue them. We need FOIAs. We need to get uh, uh, the signature of the warrant. We need to know why it was legal. Good. You got some initiative, okay? And then you have this other class of people, this other class of patriots, this other class of awake Americans who've been watching this for a long time. And this finger right here has been twitching for at least a decade, right? This finger right here has been twitching for two decades. This finger right here has been twitching since yesterday. And they're the, uh, uh, we're not gonna take it, D. Snyder. Let's go shoot up the Capitol Hill and show these uh, politicians that we're the American people crowd, okay? A whole bunch of crowds, a whole bunch of feelings, a whole bunch of emotions, a whole bunch of thoughts and processes behind what happened. You also have another crowd that kind of looks at a situation like this because, you know, some people are taking this much worse than November 3, 2020, ladies and gentlemen. Some people are taking this much worse to heart than November 3, 2020. Those are the uh, trigger fingers right there. Those are the black pillars over there, ladies and gentlemen. Those are, those are not even, you don't even have to put them in those two categories specifically. You know, many people could feel that way, right? Many people could feel that way. But um, there, there, is, there is a class of people who don't necessarily look at this as a bad thing. What do we say here at the Sea Report? You know, as, as born in the year 2022, find your garland favorito moment, right? Find your garland favorito moment, okay? Shirts coming soon, right? Find your silver lining. Find your positive venue to take those emotions to, to exorcise them, and to wash them away from your soul and your spirit. It doesn't have to be that way, ladies and gentlemen. It does not have to be 
the end of the world. As bad as it is, you don't have to hate. You don't have to black pill. You don't have to get into the bowels of despair, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to go there necessarily. Find that garland favorito moment. Find that silver lining. You know, when I've gone through some of the worst moments in my life, okay, when I've gone through some of the worst moments of my life, when just everything is stacking up, you know, and, and I'm confused and I don't know what my next move's going to be. And I don't want to think about what my next move's going to be because if I think about it, it's going to make me more anxious and it's going to make me feel more anxiety and the pressure's going to build. The one thing that has really brought me out of that moment is the thought, ladies and gentlemen. It's this thought. And, and I would encourage everyone who's listening to this broadcast whether it's right now here and live or whether it's in the future or you catch a replay, I would encourage everyone to take this thought with them. And that thought is that we are never given more than we can handle, okay? We are never given more than we can handle. And you all know, particularly those who are initiated to it, that that's, I'm basically paraphrasing a verse from the Bible. He will never give us more than we can handle. Now, granted, that means that some of us are real badasses. Think about President Trump. Think about everything that he's gone through. Think about every trial and tribulation and witch hunt that man has gone through just to stand in the gap between the deep state and the globalists and the American people. Ladies and gentlemen, just think about that. Just think about that for a minute. Think about that when you've been in your most harrowing and desperate moments in your lives. And then you know what? You're here right now, present and accounted for, and you're doing fine. Okay? Now that's what pulls me out of that, you know? Because when I think about things like that, I don't think things could get much worse than what I'm experiencing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think things could get much worse because you know what? I'm not going to be given more than I can handle. And if, and if I can handle what I'm going through whenever I'm going through it, well, that's just kind of like a check on my own, uh, you know, that's a check on my own lack of self-confidence. That's a check on my own uh, lack of uh, a will, you know? And then I have to say, you know what? Check, mate. He put me through this. Not necessarily he, but, you know, he put me through this because he knew I could take this to task, okay? And I could shut it up, shove it away, and walk on, ladies and gentlemen. And there is a silver lining. You know, we've heard people talking about this entire scenario with the FBI. And, um, you know, uh, there's a setting of precedence. You know, a lot of people are like, well, you know what? And this is kind of the way I've taken it, too. You know, and it's like, OK, all right. All right. Deep state. All right. Democrats. All right. You people, you 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 want to do that to my president. You just set the precedence for us to do that to all former presidents. You see, that's your Garland Favorito moment. They lay their own traps before themselves and in their own blind arrogance, they walk right into it, ladies and gentlemen. 
They walk right into their own traps. They walk right into their own precedence because they set this down before themselves. Okay? In the blind arrogance that tells them, well, we're going to win because we've always won. Because we've been winning for the last, what? Handful of decades. Okay? But uh, what they don't realize is what's good is good for the goose is good for the gander. What goes up comes down, you know? I mean, uh, there's a reaction and an action and an action and a reaction, you know? That's just the laws of physics, the laws of nature, and uh, if you want to go there, the laws of karma, ladies and gentlemen. And even though it's taken so long for justice to be served, ladies and gentlemen, you better believe the longer that justice takes to be served. When that plate of steaming hot justice comes out and they lay it down on that table and that plate is boiling full, the chef's going to look, look them straight in the eyes and said, well, boy, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. And now you're going to eat that justice and you're going to eat it all. And that's just the way it's going to go, guys. That's just the way it's going to go. You know, kind of my opening sentiments on what we're experiencing right now as a whole. You know, this should serve to invigorate, to revitalize, to electrify, to reinitiate, to awaken all, all of us uh, to the next level. You know what? When the enemy comes down hard and does the unexpected, because a lot of people are like, well, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? They're going to, what, what did they find? What, what, what was in the safe? What were they after? You know, when it comes to raiding President Trump's Mar-a-Lago. Okay. What are they going to find? Right. What are they going to find? Well, you know what? We'll let them find whatever it is that they're going to find. Okay. Because it will revitalize the people. It's going to backfire. Okay. It's going to backfire on them, ladies and gentlemen, what we're experiencing here and now. So anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, that's how we're going to open up today's show. And uh, that's going to be the topic of conversation throughout the evening. Thank you all for joining us tonight uh, over here at the Sea Report. You guys could be anywhere else that you would want to be. Um, but what we'll do tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to go over some of the uh, different reports, news and information. Now, you know, this is the, all of this stuff has been out there. Uh, since probably last night, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, maybe nothing new, but definitely encapsulated and put together into a format that I hope is most palatable for you all. And I think uh, I think we'll be able to encapsulate most of that together uh, this evening. So let's see what we got here. Timba Jet's in the house. Good evening, Timba Jet. Dpatriot1776. I know I saw Michael West in there. Hey, Mr. West, what's up? I know I saw you in there somewhere, buddy. So glad to have you joining us tonight if you're still with us. Uh, let me see who else. Uh, who else is in the house tonight before we get underway? Sonia C. Good evening, Sonia C. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Sonia C. says, I'm not sending a penny to the RNC. That's the other thing, ladies and gentlemen, is what transpired yesterday. It's serving to wake up more people. Even people who do not support Trump, even the Democrats, 
they are also waking up because of this raid. It's something that they've never seen before, okay? Something they've never seen before. And so uh, that, there's your Garland Favorito moment, ladies and gentlemen. There's your silver lining. The persecution of, uh, well, I was going to say the persecution of the king, but I was thinking of uh, Cash Patel's um, uh, child's book about uh, basically the uh, Trump witch hunt. I know it's not called the persecution of the king, but anyhow, the persecution of uh, the ultra-maga Donald Trump, right? It's waking people up. You know, a lot of people started to wake up and they went to Trump because they saw the persecution and the trials and the tribulations that the mainstream media was putting up against him when he was running for president. And that's what it took to get their vote. Because they were like, well, you know, the media is against him. Undecided people, middle of the road people, uh, no party people, independent people were like, you know what? I've never seen this happening before. So uh, what the heck's going on here, right? Maybe there is something to this Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe there is something to this Donald Trump. And uh, well, I mean, the rest is history from there, you know. So uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily take this move by the FBI. I wouldn't take it, uh, I wouldn't take it in a, yes, it's negative, obviously, you, you know, it, it sets a, it, it, it looks a certain way, you know, but really they have just, uh, they've just done themselves in guys. They've just uh, kind of, they just kind of put it down for their own selves, you know, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to wake up a lot more people, okay, seeing this. Because no one cares about the January 6th committee. No one cares about what happened on January 6th. No one even said it was Trump's fault, except for those who are just like, you know, Trump derangement syndrome kind of things. But uh, anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, anyhow... Uh, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of that as we move along tonight. You know, we have big elections going on tonight. You know, Wisconsin's happening tonight. That's a big one right there. And uh, someone had put in the chat room the other states as well as Minnesota, Connecticut, Vermont, and Wisconsin, right? You know, what is this serving as a distraction for, you might wonder? Could it be a distraction from the uh, astonishing poll numbers that came out at CPAC Texas for President Trump? You know, what on earth? Yeah, it's all, it's, this is all in the end, ladies, gentlemen, a big distraction. It's all a huge distraction, but you know what? We have to press forward. In fact, I believe this is going to ignite and put the fire under the asses of more awake Americans and patriots. The ones that have been inkling to do something. Oh, they'll be moving now, ladies and gentlemen, they'll be moving now. So, uh, We'll see how that goes. Hey, Skeeter Burke, what's going on, sweetie? Good to see you in the uh, chat rooms tonight. How are you doing this evening, my friend? How are you doing this evening? Uh, let's see here. Before we jump into it, what else we got going on, ladies and gentlemen? Kiss is in the house. Good evening, Kiss. Thank you for dropping the links uh, to support the show. Thank you for your continued support of Mr. CTV and the C Report. You're an amazing individual. And I definitely appreciate what you're doing, hun. So thank you so much. And uh, all right, guys. Looks good. Hey, Awakened Mom, how are you doing? 
Awakened Mom says, I hate, hate's a strong word, but I understand. I hate Romney McDaniels. Okay, Awakened Mom, we call her Romney McDaniels here at the Sea Report. Shirt coming soon. <laughs> Good to see you also. Good evening, Raven2000. How are you doing this evening? How are you doing? Dpatriot1776 says, I'm hearing the raid. They raided Melania's wardrobe. Probably sniffed her, you know. <laughs> Dpatriot. <laughs> I, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt. It was, it was the Biden sniff task force, right? The Biden sniff task force. Smell out those toilet bowls and don't forget to get a pair of dirty underwear, right? Gross. Gross. I mean, he is my president. She is my first lady. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'd rather not know. Thank you very much. I'd rather not know if those are clean or not. Okay. <laughs> oh, that is too much fun. Too much fun. Awakened Mom says the FBI needs to be dismantled. They are done. The good guys there need to resign. It's a sinking ship. You know, I mean, okay, well, if you think about, if you think about the history of the FBI, and if, if I am not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but were not, was not the FBI created to kind of like, um, police or investigate or, you know, uh, like, um, uh, what do you call it? interstate type of crimes and stuff like that, you know, uh, not, not within a single state, but, you know, multiple states, stuff, stuff like that, right? Like the FBI was originally intended to do that kind of a work and it just grew and expanded into whatever it is now today. You know, interesting viewpoints on that though. Can we necessarily blame the FBI? Okay. And, and I'm not making a decision on whether, um, this is right or wrong, right? But, uh, uh can we necessarily blame the FBI? Like, would you hold the fire to the agents that raided Mar-a-Lago? Would you hold the fire to uh, FBI Director Ray? Okay. Or would you hold the fire to they who ordered the raid and he who signed the warrant? Now, as I'm sure you are all aware, just based on every bit of information that's flying out there right now, there are certain players who are being identified in the midst of this debacle, right? There are certain players who are being identified in the midst of this debacle. And what are we finding, ladies and gentlemen, that these specific players are the same people who are always involved in thwarting the American people's will, in defiling the Constitution and destroying it, okay? The same people, okay, are behind this with ties to the same people who've been doing this from the jump. So here we have another spotlight, ladies and gentlemen, shining down the light of truth onto this situation, okay? So what I'm saying here is just like with the elections, things become known in the actions of those who work against, you know, uh, the, the good of the people, 
the, the who work against goodness, who work against who are you know who do evil things. You know, the lights they expose themselves. You know, and you have to wonder, well, shit. This guy was just over on a trial with John Durham uh, and Perkins Coy, and now we have him over here talking up the FBI raid. What the? What, why is this guy always popping up? You know what I mean? So, certain things that we have to think about as we're looking at this, okay? Hey, Speaking Easy, what's going on, brother? Good evening, good to see you tonight. Glad you could join us. Hang on tight, it's going to be a fun ride tonight. Now... We are going to move into uh, tonight's show, guys. And as always, uh, President Trump leads at the Sea Report. You know there were some statements. I think we only have two for tonight uh, as we get started into tonight's show. So let's go ahead and uh, take a look at those. Let me move that onto the screen for you. All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's start with this. Let's start with the first one second, and then we'll get to the second one first. How about that, right? All right, our first statement from President Trump, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he had he had he had a slew of endorsements for Wisconsin tonight, and 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 uh, the other states in play. And uh, you know, uh, we'll we'll talk about Wisconsin tomorrow. Okay, we'll leave that as a humble surprise, right? We'll leave that as a pleasant surprise. Uh, as far as that goes, because, you know, we got to Adam Steen, we got Janelle Branchin, you know, uh, okay, you know, we got Tim Michaels, or we got Tim Rantham, whomever, whoever wins the primary in that regard, I'm good with, okay, particularly since President Trump, I think, most respectfully, explained his reasons for backing up Tim Michaels, because I had no idea who this man was. All I knew is that he was a multi-millionaire or a billionaire or something. And I was like, come on, President Trump. Tim Rantham has had your back for so long. But you know what? I get it. And I can respect the endorsement. Not like, well, well you, let, let's just keep it on the positive. All right. So uh, let's see here. Let's see what President Trump's first statement is for this evening. Uh, in regards to yesterday's events, a horrible thing that took place yesterday at Mar-a-Lago. We are no better than a third world country, a banana republic. It is a continuation of Russia, 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 impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the no collusion Mueller report and more. To make matters worse, it is all, in my opinion, a coordinated attack with radical left Democrat state and local DAs and AGs. You could say that if you think about Letitia James. You could say that if you think about uh, the, the one in Georgia. She has a funny name also. Uh, the one in Georgia. The DA for Fulton County in Georgia. Um, she, and what she is up to, right? You know? Uh, Attorney Generals, yep. DAs, DA in Georgia, Attorney General in New York, all corrupt, right? All corrupt, all trying to make a name for themselves, right? You know, they, they may not even necessarily dislike Trump. It's just all about making a name for themselves at the end of the day, right? Or, or serving their masters, whomever they may be, right? Whomever they may be. Uh, but yeah, um, a very, very horrible thing. Very horrible thing. Very horrible thing. There's still a Garland Favorito moment in there, you know? One or two at least. One or two. 
No reason to get too down with the frown, ladies and gentlemen. No reason to get too down with the frown. Uh, next statement, Biden knew all about this, just like he knew all about Hunter's deals. Now, if there's one thing I can say that I um, take away from moments like this is uh, the fighters. The fighters will absolutely, absolutely, they will fight. They, they will toss back some fire, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just take a moment to uh, shine a spotlight on Hunter Biden, right? And that illegitimate Joe actually knew, as we all did, right? Photographs with uh, illegitimate Joe shaking hands with uh, Hunter Biden's Mexican friends. Photographs with illegitimate Joe uh, taking pictures over on the other side of the world, wherever it might have been, in China or in Israel or wherever he is making deals in, Euro in Europe, Eurasia, whatever. So uh, let's, let's just take the uh, momentum of the moment and let's uh, shine it back on uh, these ne'er-do-wells, ladies and gentlemen. The real fighters will do that. They're not going to take it lying down, okay? They're not going to take it lying down. And it's always been said uh, there's a certain amount of, uh, what, fifth dimensional chess or something like that? Tenth dimensional chess going on here? So uh, not, not to worry, ladies and gentlemen. Not to worry. Uh, I, think, I think we should almost look at this as a gift, ladies and gentlemen. We should almost look at this as a gift, Oh, yeah, we can be mad because they had the audacity to do it. But come on, who are we talking about here? We're talking about these deep state globalist influence traitors. And um, they're desperate. They're desperate. Can you say wild, feral animal in the corner fighting for its life because it can't trust anyone? <laughs> we can say that. I can say that most definitely. And I think uh, we should all kind of take that uh, bit of spirit on. You know, th these are the moments that make people fight harder, right, ladies and gentlemen? Not the moments that cause us to we're American, damn it! We don't, we don't, we don't shrink into a little ball and cower in the corner, right? That's not our. That's not our. Um, that's not our standard operating procedure, if you want to call it that, right? That's not our standard operating procedure. All right. We've got the boogeyman. I always called this guy the love child of uh, Oogie Boogie and the boogeyman or something like that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The love child of Oogie Boogie and the Stay Puff Marshmallow. That's Mark Elias, right? Mark Elias, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Elias. Now, uh, yesterday, whenever this story was breaking as we were going on the air, everyone was kind of like wondering, well, like, what's the deal here? Like, why on earth would they uh, raid President Trump's Mar-a-Lago uh, establishment? You know, why? What, what, what could they be looking for? What's the end game? What's the plan? Are they going to plant something, for example? Is that what's going to happen? Well, it didn't take long for Mark Elias, a name that has become quite familiar at the breakfast table, a name that was quite unknown prior to John Durham's indictments of Michael Sussman and Igor Danchenko. And, you know, I'm very glad that the name of Mark Elias has become familiar with those who are awake and aware and doing something about it. Because the, 
the easiness of identifying this swamp creature, you know, it, it'll make it easier as you jump into his history, you know. We've been reporting about Mark Elias basically since we went on the air here at the Sea Report. Every single story we could find on Mark Elias, we shared with you guys. Because this guy, oh, he's a fixer, right? You know, he's a ringer. He is a ringmaster, ladies and gentlemen. He is the notorious Clinton lawyer that basically handles every whack job for the DNC and the left. Anything, you need someone, you need someone to fight for your unconstitutional desires. You need someone to uh, destroy the uh, rights of the people. You call Mark Elias. There's no one like him. And uh, he's done the job, guys. He's done the job. You know, as part of the Perkins Cui law firm for so long. Oh, you knew something was coming down the pipeline whenever he left the company, right? So Mark Elias basically kind of spilled the beans on what this could be all about, ladies and gentlemen, in regards to this raid by the FBI. And I will call it a raid because they're trying to, like, you know, soften the uh, reality of the situation before the American people. Because they're like, oh, if you say that President Trump was raided by the FBI, that might turn some Democrats' heads and say, what? Why would you do that? I mean, he's not even president anymore. Uh, whatever happened, happened a long time ago. And you know damn well that all of those same Democrats are very well aware of, like, what the Clintons did, okay, and stuff like that. And they never got raided. They're probably very well aware of Hunter Biden and his laptop and every bit of information that's involved in that. And they're like, well, he didn't get raided. So what's up with Trump? You know, you know people are probably saying, you know, I've always known that... Uh, Previous presidents have done things that are questionable before the eyes of the law, but we never even bothered them once they were out of office. It was like, well, they're out of office, so uh, who cares? So why are we doing it to this guy, Trump? I mean, I don't like his orange stained face. I don't like his coffee golden, uh, you know, rye hair, rye wired hair comb over. I don't like the way he talks about people. I don't like the cut of his jibe. But why are we doing to him? You know, uh, think about Bush. He's a war criminal. You know, he started all these wars in, in the Middle East under false pretenses, right? And he was a pervert and he made bad jokes. And, uh, you know, he was he was an overall a very cavalier and, and an unprofessional president. So why why didn't we ever hold uh, George W. Bush to the fire, right? You know? So why Trump and why not W, you know? Why Trump and why not Hillary Clinton, you know? Because a lot of Democrats don't even like Hillary Clinton. They know what she's all about. They're not stupid, you know? And particularly the patriotic Democrats. That is that sliver of Democrats who are totally oblivious to everything, who are totally patriotic to the country, but they play by party lines, you know, because that's just the way it's always been, right? They, they don't go outside of their comfort zone. They don't try and stretch the limitations of their uh, existence within that party, you know, or as an American, or as an American, they don't stretch the limits of their existence as an American to the understanding that we are all one body of people united under one flag 
in one nation under God, they don't they don't see that. They think party, 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 party politics. You know, they think this is my team. These are my people. This is my tribe. We've always voted Democrat. I love my country. I wave my flag. I don't agree with what they're doing, but still, I'm going to vote Democrat. Those people, they're out there, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me, they're out there, you know. They might be of a certain uh, age range at this point, but they exist, okay? Can't hold it against them. I mean, you could if you wanted to, but why bother? You know, why bother holding it against them, right? Why bother? Because, I mean, you know, if they had the eyes to hear and the ears, to, the eyes to see and the ears to hear, they would have done it by now. And who knows? Maybe this entire situation with uh, the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago the home of a president that some people say former to could be such the case. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to torment you with the close up of Mark Elias while I reset my clock because uh, we're already uh, heading to the top of the first hour, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we've got some more ways to go. All right. Hopefully that wasn't too bad for you guys, right? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right. Head on over to thecreport.com. That's www.thecreport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pill.net. Boogie Boogie and the Stay Puffed Marshmallow had a demon seed named Mark Elias, and Mark Elias went to town to represent Hillary Clinton and uh, the... Um, and the uh, Democratic Party. Real quick, it seems that uh, the C reports, um, the C reports broadcast is breaking up over at the foxhole.app. For shame, for shame, over at pill.net, for shame. Uh, I just dropped the Rumble link in the chat room. If you're over at Foxhole and you got this broadcast, you're more than welcome to go ahead and head over to Rumble. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. And then that way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, anytime it breaks down over there at the Voxel, whether it's a DDoS attack or whether it's a preference of opinion, you can always find the C-Report, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so let's talk about Mark Elias. What did Mark Elias have to say? Oh, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, this is all about disqualifying President Trump from what? From holding office again. Desperation, ladies and gentlemen, desperation. Trump disqualified from holding office. Clinton-linked lawyer points to U.S. code after FBI raid. Gives us the gold, Mark Elias does. Because they're that arrogant, okay? They're that arrogant. Uh, this article comes from the Washington Examiner. 
And uh, this is what it says. With the news of the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago, buzz quickly bubbled up Monday evening about whether former president, their words not mine, Donald Trump, could be disqualified from holding office again. The FBI search of the Florida resort was related to Trump's handling of presidential records, including classified documents after leaving office, sources told CNN. The search warrant was connected to the National Archives, a senior government official told NBC News. Such reporting had Mark Elias, the top lawyer for Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign, who has drawn scrutiny for his role in pushing Trump-Russia collusion claims, pointing to U.S. Code Title 18, Section 2071. The media is missing the really, really big reason why the raid today is a potential blockbuster in American politics, Elias said in a tweet. Now, do you think that we could infer anything from that statement, right? Could we infer anything from that statement? Did, did CNN and Fox News and MSNBC and all the other legacy media outlets, the shamestream, lamestream, fake news, mockingbird propaganda outlets, did they miss the, the, the notice? Did they, did they miss the talking points? Did they not make it to their desk? You need to focus on the fact that this is going to prevent President Trump from running for office because of what? Because he destroyed presidential records. And that bars him from running again. So Mark Elias, maybe that's why he made, maybe that's why he showed face. Maybe like, maybe Mark Elias is like, dang it, who cut off our, our who cut off our uh, communications to the uh, legacy outlets, right? Everyone needs to be reporting on this talking point. President Trump destroyed some documents and so now he can't run for president again. U.S. Code, Title 18, Section 2071. Could be the case. Could be the case, ladies and gentlemen. But um, <laughs> you would have to ask yourself, how is it that the uh, mainstream media, the fake news media, how did they miss that talking point? Why do they have to, uh, you know, bring out Mark Elias, son of uh, son of Stay Puffed Marshmallow and Oogie Boogie, right? You know, why do they, why do I have to bring him out? Well, clearly they missed the memo, ladies and gentlemen. Clearly they missed the memo. And they're talking about other things instead. But uh, let, let's continue on in this article. It says here, the first sub subsection says, this is Mark Elias again. First subsection says, whoever willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, or destroys, or attempts to do so, or with intent to do so, takes and carries away any record, proceeding, map, book, paper, document, or other thing filed or deposited with any clerk or officer of any court of the United States or in any public office or with any judicial or public officer of the United States shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both. The following passage that says anyone having the custody of any such record, proceeding, map, book, document, paper, or other thing, willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, or destroys the same, shall be fined under this title, uh, or in prison not more than three years, or both, and shall forfeit. Now here's the important part. This is the Mark Elias part. This is the Mark Elias Zinger, ladies and gentlemen. 
shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. And that was the part that Mark Elias highlighted. Former federal prosecutor Harry Littman argued Elias made a huge point about the records, provisions, the Justice Department appears to be investigating. So this could be the whole enchilada in terms of DOJ resolution, he said. Uh, MSNBC contributor Frank Figluzzi, who served formerly as the assistant director for counterintelligence at the FBI, figures, right? Figures. They go from a three-letter agency to a news desk job. Um, well, this individual offered some words of caution. Uh, this Frank Figluzzi says, First, I want to caution people. The majority of people in these cases, if we're indeed correct that this is largely about a National Archives case, they don't get charged. But then again, the majority of people turn over their documents, he told uh, some stupid uh, host over at MSNBC. Convictions under U.S. Code Title 18, Section 2071 were previously debated during the 2016 presidential cycle after former Attorney General Michael Mukasey argued in 2015 that Hillary Clinton would be disqualified from holding office if convicted over erasing materials from a private email server she used while serving as Secretary of State. And all of that sentence is illegal, right? That entire sentence is illegal right there, but no one seems to care. Um, as, far as, the, uh, as far as the powers that be in this world go, and the sleeping Americans, after legal scholars pushed back on the assertion, particularly with the view that applying the statute to presidential candidates would be unconstitutional, Mukasey walked back his comments. Mukasey said, the uh, disqualification, uh, disqualification provision in Section 2071 may be a measure of how seriously Congress took the violation in question and how seriously we should take it. But that's all it is. That's all it is, he says. That's all it is. So legal scholars told Mukasey that to... Uh, Use this section of the Constitution against someone would be unconstitutional. Use their words against them. I'm sure I don't need to tell them that, right? So uh, Mukasey said this in an email to Eugene Volok, a professor at the University of California, Los Angeles School of Law. Despite Elias's tweet on Trump going viral, the lawyer acknowledged in a follow-up missive the legal quandary at play. Mark Elias said, Yes, I recognize the legal challenge that application of this law to a president would garner, since qualifications are set in Constitution. But the idea that a candidate would have to litigate this is during this during a campaign is, in my view, a blockbuster of American politics. All they want is the glitz and the glamour. All they want is to have their name submitted in the books and the ledgers of history, Mark Elias. But uh, if you don't play by the rule of law with integrity... 
I would say more often than not, the books of history, depending on who's writing them, will not look favorable upon your name, okay? It's a blockbuster that President Trump is going to run a campaign with this type of thing hanging over his head, Mark Elias says, and I did that, I'm sure is his uh, unmentioned thought. Allies of Trump expressed suspicions that the raid was part of a political move meant to ward off another presidential run. Nah, duh, where'd you park the squad car, Dick Tracy? Something Trump has strongly hinted he will partake in 2024. I think he should make the announcement now. Screw Romney McDaniels and the RNC. Screw all of their supposed money that they're using to supposedly pay for President Trump's legal fees. Screw all of that. You know what? The line in the sand's already been drawn, okay? No one cares for Romney McDaniels, all right? No one cares for the RNC, right? I say he he should have made that announcement today. But uh, the article continues. Steve Bannon, a former White House aide who was pardoned by Trump, noted Elias's tweet during a call on Fox News. Uh, Mr. Bannon said, They are absolutely petrified Trump is going to announce in a couple of weeks, win the Republican nomination, and win the White House. Under the Presidential Records Act of 1978, Presidential administrations are required to preserve certain documents. The National Archives and Records Administration, which is now a totally woke administration agency, said presidential records in 15 boxes obtained from Mar-a-Lago earlier this year included materials marked as classified national security information. Now, if these jokes over at the NARA knew anything about anything, right... They would know that these documents were already declassified. They see the words classified, don't do their homework. They just alert the DOJ, and then you get a raid on a uh, sitting president. Oh, you get a raid on a former president. Oh, you get a raid on the president of the United States of America. Ladies and gentlemen, let's just say it like it is. And for those of you who don't know, President Trump was not at Mar-a-Lago during the time of the raid. And I'm sure that it was coordinated that way, of course, right? Because if President Trump had been at Mar-a-Lago when the FBI came to raid him, don't you think the Secret Service would have taken him out? Okay? He was in New York, all right? He wasn't at Mar-a-Lago. I'm sure it was designed that way. It would have been like, and then they would have to explain the gunfight, why were there people shooting back at the FBI? Because uh, what they were doing was illegal. That's why. All right. Um, and, and let me just say, guys, I don't know the rules and regulations of the Secret Service and all of that to say that that's a fact. It's just a fun speculation that popped into my head at the moment, but entertaining nonetheless. Okay. Uh, the agency also asked the Justice Department to investigate whether Trump had violated federal law with his handling of records. Because the NARA identified classified information in the boxes, the NARA staff has been in communication with the Department of Justice. David Ferrero, the archivist of the U.S. at the time, wrote in a letter to Congress. The Justice Department and the FBI declined to comment on the Mar-a-Lago search on Monday. In announcing the FBI's raid of his resort, Trump said, After working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. It is prosecutorial misconduct. 
the weaponization of the justice system and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately do not want me to run for president in 2024. And that's just about the long and short of that, ladies and gentlemen. And that all stands to reason, right? That sounds cogent. That sounds kosher, right? As far as that goes. And um, it's what we could expect, you know? It's what we could expect. There's no, there's no boundaries to where desperation will take an individual, right? But, you know, the last time, when was this, back in June or something like that? Back in June, you know, whenever the NARA was making a big old fuss about 15 boxes... You know, the entire amount of those documents had already been debunked. You know, we debunked them here in June and we debunked the case back in, uh, what, January or February, right? When the NARA was first complaining about stuff, you know? And it's not that we debunked it. I just read the article to you guys that it was already declassified information, okay? But people don't tend to remember those things. People don't tend to know those things. But if, if, but, but if a blue-collar layman like myself can share an article about, you know, these uh, documents being declassified, I don't know what the hell took them from January to June to figure out that these documents were already declassified, right? I mean, the entire scenario is already a wash, ladies and gentlemen, and the only thing that it will do is serve to shine some more light on their maleficence. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all it's going to do. It's going to shine some more light on their maleficence. And that's what's up right there, guys. That's what's up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you all are experiencing such hardship over at the foxhole.app and pill.net. I guess one of the big boys is going to have this uh, topic later on tonight, right? That's probably what's up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, what is the word? Competition? Competition amongst patriots? What you talking about? We're here to save America, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, let's see here. Eric Trump gives insight on the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what uh, some of the uh, people on our side of the line are, are sharing in regards to the FBI raid. Uh, in a rare public appearance, <laughs> no, in a rare public statement, Eric Trump shares a bit of information, right? So let's, uh, let's see what Eric Trump has to say, ladies and gentlemen. It says here, Eric Trump says, the FBI found nothing in my father's safe. <laughs> All right. All right. So, you know, because the first question is, why did they go to the safe? Why was that a target of their raid? I mean, I mean, I guess if they were just raiding everything, right? You, you, my, my main question out of all of this, out of all of this situation, the number one thing that I want to know is, where did they get those photos of the papers in the documents in the toilet, right? <laughs> uh, did did uh, did did lying Cassidy Hutchinson provide those uh, photographs to them? Because uh, I highly doubt anyone at Mar-a-Lago threw documents down the toilet as the FBI was raiding, right? Like, as if though they were trying to flush some drugs down the toilet. Oh, 
let me put this document down the toilet. The FBI is here raiding us, right? Where did they get those photos from? It had to have been from Lion Cassidy Hutchinson or one of those other tre treacherous scags that, uh, that are performing as witnesses during this uh, January 6th unselect committee hearing on the false flag riots at the Capitol, right? That's, that's, that's gotta be what it is. Like, otherwise, who doctored those photos, right? You know, President Trump was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip up to shreds, crumble this uh, document, uh, classified, put it down the toilet bowl, and I'm gonna take a nice photo of it first. Cause I always take a photo of what I throw in the toilet bowl, right? <laughs> Whatever. Okay, Eric Trump, what has he got to say? FBI found nothing in my father's safe. FBI agents who raided President Donald Trump's Florida home, Mar-a-Lago, broke into his safe only to find it empty. Trump's son, Eric, told Fox News Channel's uh, Brian Kilmeade. Isn't Brian Kilmeade another one? Well, you know what? I take it back. Everyone at Fox News is an operative anyways, right? So Brian Kilmeade. Eric Trump told the newsman 30 members of the FBI were involved in the raid and that it was to find documents that should have gone to the National Archives. It was not known if they retrieved the documents, but whatever they sought was not in the safe, according to the 45th president's son. Brian Kilmeade twittered. He twatted, just spoke to Eric Trump, nothing in the safe, FBI agents 30 approximately raided on behalf of National Archives. This is outrageous, has to have come from the President of the United States or someone in the White House. Nothing was in the safe, Kilmeade said, quoting Eric Trump. According to the New York Times, President... Oh, sorry guys, they just nuked me over at the foxhole. <laughs> They totally nuked me, but it's okay. I know how to take care of it, and we'll do it in a minute. All right, okay. So according to the New York Times, former president, their words not mine, Donald Trump had delayed returning 15 boxes of material that had been requested by officials with the National Archives, but ultimately delivered them in January. The documents were reportedly taken to a sensitive compartmented information facility in Washington, D.C. area. This unfortunate attempt by the media to twist a story along with the help of anonymous sources is just another sensationalized distraction of an otherwise uneventful effort to persevere the legacy of uh, President Trump and a good faith effort to ensure the fulfillment of the Presidential Records Act. Trump spokesman Taylor Budowich said the following month, sadly, the business of news has become reliant on the next manufactured Trump investigation. And so here we are. It is a disgrace. In uh, February 2022, the National Archives and Records Administration reportedly asked the Justice, the Justice Department to examine Trump's handling of White House records. Trump confirmed that FBI agents broke into his safe in a lengthy statement released after the raid Monday. After working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate, Trump said. It is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system, and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately do not want me to run for president in 2024. 
Such an assault could only take place in the broken third world countries. Sadly, America has now become one of those countries, corrupt at a level not seen before, he continued. They even broke into my safe. What is the difference between this and Watergate, where operatives broke into the Democrat National Committee? Here, in reverse, Democrats broke into the home of the 45th president of the United States of America. Very strong words. And food for thought, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely food for thought for everybody. Not just the Republicans. Not just uh, Trump supporters. But for everybody. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed. So uh, that was uh, that was a tip-off from uh, President Trump's son, Eric, okay, in regards to what was in the safe. Uh, how about we turn to the words of President Trump's lawyer, Christina Bob, of One America News Network, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so Christina Bob had a sit-down conversation. Uh, actually, she had a sit-down conversation with Dinesh D'Souza, okay? And uh, shared a little bit more insight into what occurred over at Mar-a-Lago in the midst of this raid on President Trump's home. So uh, why don't we uh, sit back a minute and see what uh, insights Christina Bob had to share with Dinesh and the American people and the world about this incident. And uh, actually, let me just make sure I'm setting us up for some good audio here. And we will get things rolling. And it looks like I'm live again over at the foxhole.app and pill.net, right? And uh, so thank you all in the background if you guys are taking care of that, the mats, etc., for keeping this show live, you know? Um, okay. And, uh, and keeping, the, uh, keeping the community and the uh, patrons of uh, the foxhole.app happy. This episode. Oops. Ep hey, sorry, Dinesh. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, all right, here we go, guys. Let's go ahead and get this rolling. I have a uh, great deal to say about what happened at Mar-a-Lago, the FBI raid, but I'm going to hold that back a little bit because I've got uh, the wonderful opportunity to talk to somebody who's who was right on the scene. Christina Bob is an attorney for President Trump at Save America. She started her legal career at the U.S. Marine Corps. She was deployed to Afghanistan. She's defended Marines in court-martials, and she has a specialization in national security law from Georgetown Law Center in Washington, D.C. Christina, what, uh, what a crazy business we're in, something that I haven't seen in my adult lifetime. I'm not even sure if it's happened in American history. We have right. um, the DOJ of uh, an, in an existing administration raiding the residence of not only the man that uh, Biden ran against in 2020, but very likely or quite possibly the man he might run against in 2024. Um, now, you were there. Uh, let's start by talking a little bit about, I, I want to walk through this a little bit slowly, but let's start with Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago yes. is not merely a kind of uh, club that people can belong to and they can come and play golf, but yes. President Trump lives there, doesn't he? 
Yeah, it's his personal residence. And I, I mean, it's it's his home. It's where he lives and it's where he spends uh, most of his time. You know, this time of year, he's up north in New Jersey. But Mar-a-Lago is very much President Trump's personal residence. We were, uh, of course, at Mar-a-Lago for the premiere of 2000 Mules. Um, and it was... Um, uh, it's a lovely place. Trump now is not at Mar-a-Lago. He's in New Jersey. And so right. this uh, raid evidently occurred in his in his absence. Uh, talk about uh, talk about it now from your point of view. Were you on the scene? How did you hear about it? Uh, give us sort of the blow by blow. Yeah, I responded because I'm one of President Trump's attorneys that lives in the area. I live not too far from Mar-a-Lago. And I got a call that said, hey, you need to get down there. The FBI is on site and we need a presence there. So I went down. So I arrived after the FBI was already there and you know tried to get a copy of the search warrant. They wouldn't give it to me initially. And they said they didn't even have to show it to me. I fought with them for a little while about that and said, you mean to tell me that you want to roll up at the president of the United States personal residence and you want me to take your word for it, that you actually have a warrant? So uh, they eventually showed it to me and then they, you know, they gave me a copy of it after everything was over. So uh, the whole thing was relatively uneventful as far as like, you know, there was not a whole lot you can do when you have a, a large number of FBI agents rummaging through the president's personal residence in his office and in the area, you know, that he, he lives in, in Mar-a-Lago. So uh, it was kind of what you would expect out of a scene of a movie. They didn't allow me to observe what they were doing. So I was kept, you know, way away. I couldn't see what was happening. You know, I've heard reports that there were crazy things about like staffers flushing things down the toilet. That didn't happen. First of all, there's no staff there anyway, because the club is closed at the moment. But uh, we weren't allowed there. So I was kept pretty close to basically the parking lot, waiting for them to come out and talk with them, you know, once in a while intermittently. So, uh, you know, it was just kind of a crazy, hectic, really sad, disappointing day. Uh, Christina, you said that there were a lot of agents. How many agents came to the property approximately? So I asked for a number and they, they wouldn't give me specifics about who was there or, you know, the number from what agencies they were all from. I assumed most were from the FBI and maybe a few DOJ. But um, I would guess just from what I could see, maybe two dozen. Uh, there may have been more that I couldn't see because, like I said, I got there late. But uh, there were probably about two dozen agents and they just dispersed on the property. Let's take a pause. When we come back, um, more from Christina Bob, uh, President Trump's attorney. We'll be right back. Aren't you sick of all these retailers? When they were done. A raid um, on Mar-a-Lago. Um, Christina, do you happen to, um, first of all, how long did the this process last? Was it a, a, did it last an hour, a couple of hours? Were they there all day? How long was the FBI on site? Yeah, they were there all day. I mean, I, I believe they showed up around nine. Like I said, they got there before I did. So I don't know their exact arrival time, but it wrapped up probably seven or eight. I think by the time the news broke, it was pretty much over, but it had taken, I would say maybe 10 hours. And you, when you spoke to these guys, did you ask them or did they tell you particularly what they're looking for? Or do they just eventually hand you the document and, and kind of go about their business as if you didn't really have any need to know? 
Yeah, it was the latter. They pretty much just handed me the warrant when they were done. And, you know, it has the attachment for what they're looking for. And, you know, the media has been reporting that, uh, which is accurate, that they're looking for presidential records or any possibly classified material. Uh, we, I, I don't believe that there was anything classified in there, but I'm sure that the FBI will say that there is. But uh, I'll be curious to see exactly what, what they're going to say, if anything. Um, I found it particularly interesting that they were looking for presidential records because not that long ago, Judicial Watch sued trying to get access to presidential records for Bill Clinton. And Judicial Watch actually lost the case because the court said it's up to the president to decide what a presidential record is. And apparently that's been true for the first 44 presidents. But for Donald Trump, I guess the FBI is the one that gets to decide what a presidential record is. And they, you know, seize whatever they wanted to seize. So, uh, I, I don't think there was anything of significance that they took, but I, I find it kind of ironic that every other president gets to decide for themselves what a presidential record is, except for Donald Trump. I mean, isn't it also true, Christina? I mean, I've heard this many times before. I'm not a lawyer, but the fact that the president also gets to decide if he wants to declassify something. In yeah. other words, the, the the classification is determined not by the archives or not by some third party, but the president yeah. himself has a, has discretion in that area. You're exactly right, which just goes to show how asinine this entire thing is. There is no crime. There is no crime committed. And the fact that they're trying to use the what what they're trying to use with the national security codes is they want to do that so that they can hide what they're doing because they want to be able to say, oh, it's classified. We can't reveal it to the public. We can't tell the public what we're doing. And they want to cloak their crazy you know, their crazy authoritarian actions behind this veil of national security. But you're exactly right. President Trump decides what's classified and what's not classified. And he gets to decide what is a presidential record and what is not a presidential record. So this whole thing is all for nothing. It's all for show. And they, they want to try to convince America that President Trump has committed a crime where there is nothing. There is no crime. Christina, I think I saw one of the members of the Trump family, I don't know if it was Eric Trump, who said that they they even broke into the safe. Now, this strikes me as symbolically important. I mean, breaking into the into the safe. But he also said there was nothing in the safe. Have you seen that? Have you heard it? Can you confirm whether it's true? Yeah, I heard it. They didn't let me in where they were looking. So I can't say that I saw it because I wasn't allowed to be a part of what they were doing. But yes, that I would think that that's probably true. Um, now, you made a you made a very interesting point, which is you said that there's nothing there. And if there's nothing there, the question for me is, why would they go to all this trouble right now? Um, one of the things that I'm hearing a lot in um, in the comment about this is the fact that, man, you know, it's very serious and Trump's going to have to worry about this. But it occurred to me that the opposite is not only just as likely, but could be more likely, which is to say, think of it, the Democrats are desperate to get Trump, right? Um, let's even go further and say they lost the 2016 election. They know they lost the 2020 election. Uh, who's going to be the scariest guy in 2024? So we know what their motive is. They don't have anything on him. So why not go fishing at Mar-a-Lago? What do you think of that theory? I think you're exactly right. I think the Department of Justice and the Biden Department of Justice is politicizing the DOJ and the FBI 
because they are terrified of what Donald Trump represents because they know they're going to lose power. They don't have the support of the American people. They can't win legitimately. So the only way they can win is to force it, whether it's through getting rid of their political opponents, cheating in elections, whatever it is, they are doing everything they can to keep a stranglehold on power. Let's take a pause. We'll be right back with Christina Bob. Life. Life Marcus Pearl family. Back with Trump attorney Christina Bob. We're talking about the FBI raid, the motives for it, the implications of it. Uh, Christina, I know as a lawyer, you can't go into the details of the warrant. But what can you tell us? Because uh, initially it seemed like the raid was motivated by sort of January 6th, the January 6th committee, uh, maybe uh, attempts to find out any links between between Trump and what happened on January 6th. Now I'm hearing that it's not about that at all. In fact, I'm hearing right. it's about sort of the National Records Act. It's It seems downright preposterous. I mean, as if what, to get the yeah. archives straight, they have to raid the home yeah. of the former president. Um, what can you tell us about the warrant and what you know about well, let's not call it the the reason, but at least the pretext for the raid. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. It is as preposterous as you think it is. It is all about NARA and the Records Preservation Act. As far as I can tell, it has nothing to do with January 6th. They say that they were looking for presidential records. As we mentioned, it's the president who gets to decide what a presidential record is and uh, potential crimes of, you know, releasing classified information or something to that effect. That that was what they were looking for. So it, it, they have basically turned the FBI into overzealous uh, librarians is what this is all about. It's all about supposedly, you know, you've got Hunter Biden with his laptop and, and just closing uh, foreign ties and kickbacks from foreign com- countries. And they're after Donald Trump because he kept a handwritten note from a prime minister that they think belongs at the archives. I mean, it is as preposterous as you think it is. I mean, if you look at the wording of this National Records Act, it has the usual boilerplate about records will be preserved. They won't be altered. They won't be destroyed. But... I mean, no one's ever heard of, presumably, I mean, did the Clintons take a whole bunch of stuff out of the White House when they left? I mean, I mean, they didn't just take records. They took like furniture, curios, paintings, yeah. things like that. And there was apparently some negotiation about some of it that ended up going back. But it was all handled with extreme discretion. There was certainly no FBI raiding the Clinton residence. I mean, the the, the sheer brazen politicization of this seems just downright obvious. Isn't it, is it, aren't the American people? going to see right through it? I sure hope so. And I'm so grateful for you using your platform to point out the obvious. This clearly isn't about, you know, preservation of White House furniture. And anybody who thinks that Donald Trump would take furniture from the White House obviously has not been to Mar-a-Lago or Bedminster. I mean, what, what he has already is much, much nicer than what you would find in the White House. So there, there's nothing there. This is all about documents and, you know, whether they think there's something classified. And to your point, it's preposterous that they would use this to execute a search warrant on the former president of the United States, likely to be the nominee going forward. Uh, it, it is 100 percent political because there's absolutely no reason for this. There was no absolutely no reason for them to execute a search warrant when they had free access anyway, when they asked for it. So. There, I don't know if this is a media thing, if they just want to 
you know, scare the public and create a buzz that there was something going down at Mar-a-Lago, you know, try and try and make President Trump guilty by association because the FBI was there or if they think that they actually have something. I, I think they're wrong on both accounts. I think the American public is looking at this going, what, what are you doing? You've gone way too far. Well, I mean, let's also remember this is all against the background of, you know, dubious uh, FISA warrants, a steel dossier that was used by the FBI and by the deep state to go after yeah. Trump for four years. Uh, you know, deep state officials coming out and saying that there was nothing to the Hunter Biden laptop. It was Russia mm-hmm. disinformation. So there's a background already of mistrust and, and distrust it seems to me that that you know for a party that's in power this is a this is a desperation move and a very risky move because when when you have all that uh on the one hand you might be able to smear trump but on the other hand it could much easily cut the other way it could unify the republicans it could convince independents that this is just you know they might have thought trump's tweets are too much but this is too much on a whole different level and so the the politics of this seem to me to be very risky for the democrats yes you're exactly right and they can't get but their their trump derangement syndrome is so strong that they can't see the obvious you know, yeah, we lied to you about Russia, Russia, Russia. Sorry, but you should believe us this time. Yeah, we lied to you about Ukraine. Yeah, we lied to you about January 6th. Yeah, we lied to you about, you know, a, a myriad of other things, about unmasking all of the folks right at the beginning of the administration. Yeah, we've lied to you a whole bunch, but you should believe us about this one. I mean, I don't think anybody's falling for it. Uh, and the only people that are excited about it are the people who don't want Donald Trump back in office because apparently they like the way things are going in this country. Very scary stuff. Christina, Bob, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Very sobering and eye-opening account. And thanks again. Thank you. Apparently, these people just love the way the country is right now as it is, right? (laughs) Oh, man. So you see, guys, find your Garland Favorito moment. It's there. Your silver lining, it's just on the other side of that dark cloud. And uh, this actually will probably serve to uh, be better than not for uh, the likes of one president, uh, Donald J. Trump. In fact, um, I might share with you all uh, that uh, that is that is the sentiment uh, that we're starting to see uh, through and through. Uh, For example, if you'll take into consideration and, and I understand why you might not want to take into consideration, uh, because after all, uh, who are these people? Uh, they're the fake news network, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> take into consideration what they are saying about this entire situation also, okay? Uh, and it's not, uh, it's not exactly uh, a... Uh, a um, how would you say? It's not exactly a grand old celebration happening over there as well. Um, it seems like they might also be kind of thinking along the lines of what Dinesh D'Souza just shared with us. And that is, uh, what did we just do, ladies and gentlemen? I think we just handed President Trump the presidency. Go figure, right? Let's, let's take a real quick gander. You won't have to suffer through it for too long. Uh, but this is uh, this was from a CNN today. 
Okay, let's check it out. For Trump with him and with family members. What do you think is going through his mind and their minds? Oh, I think they're delighted. This is a surprising answer, but I think that they've been planning for this for years. Donald Trump first did his reaction to the FBI, actually having his lawyer call them Gestapo and stormtroopers 50 years ago. So he's been prepared for this strategy all along. He issued a campaign-style commercial within hours. This was prepared in advance. So he's an expert at spinning everything into publicity. He believes all publicity is good publicity. And that hardcore Trump group, 35% of the electorate, is going to be electrified by this. I, I, I think he's having a good day, actually. Elizabeth, oh. you see this as serious on many levels. I do. I do. Um, if we're talking about it being vital national security documents, I don't think that we can forget that those, you know, even if it's top secret, that means it could pose a grave national security risk if it's in the wrong hands or made out into the public. This, I'm hoping, goes beyond simply not complying with some archiving laws or DOJ just handed Donald Trump the Republican nominee and potentially the presidency. If it's seen as some sort of massive overreach and not something incredibly serious, this is a very good day for Donald Trump. Um, and by the way, he knows how to play this up in his favor. He more or less broke this news. It was he actually did break a, it. it was, he did I believe, break a, it. yeah, a Florida-based reporter had something, but he was ready to go. And I've actually seen quite um, sort of aligned messaging among Republicans. This is, you know, a banana republic. This shouldn't happen. If they do it to the president, the FBI will do it to you. I think he's having a good day as of now. So I hope DOJ's buttoned up on this. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. The messaging from Republicans, they're seeing maybe benefit going into the midterms on this. Unless the they is Ron DeSantis. Well, or, any, <laughs> or anybody else who uh, was planning on running for the Republican nomination in 2024. Look, this just happened. So the ramifications are still completely, are mostly unknown. But in the short term, what it, what it looks like is exactly what Alyssa said. I mean, I cannot tell you how many Republicans I have talked to who have said that just the political way that he handled this is vintage Trump. And for his short-term political goal, which is, if it is, in fact, to get the Republican nomination, kind of genius. Because he has used all, I mean, look at the buzzwords he used in that statement. Occupy, raid. Um, I mean, he basically said it was the deep state, which totally uh, triggers and uh, and um, and animates the people who not only who like him, but there was concern, according to people around Trump, that he had that he was he was losing some mojo. He was having some trouble raising money. And this, he believes, what turns it around. Awesome. Not exactly what you would expect for um, an act like CNN to be saying, right? You'd expect them to be like jumping up and down. Oh, Trump's been raided, you know, and, and you know, uh, granted that could play into the entire uh, the left and the Democrats are turning their backs on illegitimate Joe, right? That could definitely play into that narrative because that narrative does exist. It does exist out there amongst uh, amongst these people. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, they're seeing the consequence. There are consequences. You know, if you're going to raid President Trump's Mar-a-Lago, you'll face consequences. And, uh, that's exactly what they're kind of seeing, right? So a big old backfire 
is set to happen. Uh, indeed, the way that uh, I didn't say it, they said it, the way President Trump handled it. It's uh, what they say, it's, it's, it's signature Trump or it's classic Trump or whatever. So, uh, yeah, they're definitely looking at the other side of the coin as well, ladies and gentlemen. But that brings us up to, I think, the most important side of the coin for tonight between you and me and the rest of uh, everyone who's watching the show tonight. And by the way, if you're joining us here at the Sea Report over at M uh, Mr. C TV, that's uh, that's the channel you're currently on. Thank you for being with us. Uh, if you like the work that we present, please like and subscribe. Just got to throw that in there real quick. And uh, again, your presence is always appreciated. And uh, I hope that this show has been somewhat informative, at least a little bit entertaining as we move forward. Now, let's get back to the important side of the coin, ladies and gentlemen. Do you know what the important side of the coin is? Not this guy. Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. I got my stories backward. Okay. All right. We're going to go into the important side of the coin first. Okay. I don't want to talk about this man yet. Look at how just... <laughs> Look at how this man looks. You know, I don't like the way this man looks. Okay. So let me get him off the screen. Hold on. There. Boom. Okay. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get serious here, right? You're probably like, who the heck was that, right? Uh, let me see here. Let me see here. Let me see here. Where did it go? Hey, we are live here at the Sea Report, guys. Technical uh, technical blessings do happen. So uh, try not to, uh, to mind it too much. Okay. I think we found it. Oh, wait, did we find it? We found it. Okay. All right. Here is the other side of the coin. And then I'll show you guys uh, that man that, uh, that uh, scared half of you guys to death. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. It's so funny when I do that. Here's the other side of the coin, ladies and gentlemen. The important side of the coin, ladies and gentlemen, would be this. When we have people like... CNN and fake news and even Democrats who can't be like, yes, this is a solid victory. We're going to get President Trump. We're going to round him up and we're going to throw him in jail and he's never going to be president again. And it will alleviate me of my Trump derangement syndrome. Right? Right? Like I said, we've got a big spotlight moment. Okay? A huge spotlight moment. We've got a big shining of the light moment happening now, what was um, what was one of those ideas, right? What was one of those ideas that came forward that President Trump has said in the past? You know, he I'll paraphrase it, but it was something along these lines. I would rather fail because in doing so, I would see who's really on my side. I would see who's really loyal. If I lose, I find out who's loyal. It's almost like, was this entire thing orchestrated? I mean, think about it. Think about 2016. Think about everything that went down during those elections, right? The Democrats, the globalists, the deep states, uh, deep state influences were set to steal 2016, okay? Now... Allegedly, so many Americans showed up, they broke the algorithm, which I believe is true. There's another narrative 
that goes unnoticed, unseen, unmentioned, out there in the ether of knowledge and, uh, and versions of facts, right? Uh, that, uh, you know, there were, uh, there might have been some, there might have been some teams that assisted with that broken algorithm, okay? So in other words, so many Americans show up to vote, they need to readjust the algorithm, but they can't because something's blocked it, you know, or someone's cut the cords, or all of a sudden the uh, computer hubs that we've been using to access those algorithms and to manipulate or update or whatever are no longer accessible, you know? Not my story to tell, but you could probably go ask Brian Kemp about it over there in Georgia. Now, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, if they were able to accomplish that in 2016 and they had the foresight to do that, if that story is true, right? And uh, the sources I hear that story from, I have no reason to disbelieve, okay? Always been 100%, if not 99.999999% with anything they've said. Why wouldn't they be able to do the same thing in 2020, right? When President Trump is already a president, already has, has already been in office for four years, right? So if in 2016, they could thwart the algorithm update to ensure that the deep state does not win. Why couldn't they do that in 2020, right? When they already have everything laid out before them and accessible, could it be that this was part of some greater plan, ladies and gentlemen? Because we needed to see, because people in general have far too much faith in the goodness of man, that they would have more faith in supposedly elected so-called representatives, they'd ha that we would have more faith in them than we would in our neighbor, right? Uh, we would have more faith in the politician who's screwing us over than the person across the street. Do you see what I'm saying, right? Like we have so much faith in these people. We needed to see it because I dare say at least since the 1960s, at least since Vietnam, people have been saying, you can't trust those politicians. They're not doing you right. They're backwards, they're crooked, etc. And, uh, well, you know, <laughs> no one was listening because you can't tell them, right? What did they say? You have to show them, okay? I'm hoping we'll eventually get to that. We are actually getting to that point. I'm not even going to hope. I'm going to have faith that we're going to get to that point, ladies and gentlemen, if people in the Republican Party and in the America First Party are not paying attention right now when our president has been attacked, when the law, uh, when the justice system has been totally weaponized against him, and by proxy, the American people, the Constitution, our republic, this nation. I don't know if they're ever going to see, ladies and gentlemen, if we're not paying attention to this now, right now, because this right here, ladies and gentlemen, 
constitutes a crisis for the Republican Party. But not for us, not for me, not for you, okay? Not for the people of this nation. The crisis is for the Republicans on Capitol Hill and in your state house. But the question is, are you paying attention at what could be considered the next darkest moment in the presidential history of Donald J. Trump after the election was stolen from him, are you paying attention to what the establishment Republicans are doing? Okay? And for the sake of today, I won't say, oh, well, we need to just uh, abandon the Republican Party. We need to leave it. No, 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 no. As a free moral agent and respecting your beliefs and respecting what you think to be true, whether or not it's different from mine, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. But think about it. It's just food for thought. Okay. I think it's worth saying as a whole, the people of these United States of America, whether awake or asleep, have definitely outgrown the political party, okay? We're already in the new millennia, guys, all right? We're in 2022, okay? It's time to start thinking differently about these things. Unless you want to stay trapped in the same box that they have trapped us in since the inception of this nation, with that said, let's talk a little bit about the rhinos, ladies and gentlemen, because it's always fun to talk about the rhinos, especially here at the Sea Report. It's just a thing. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the sea report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the sea report and thanks y'all that's right ladies and gentlemen it's still rhino hunting season here at the sea report and that's not the uh eric greitens rhino hunting season you can't bag them you can't tag them here but uh you can definitely take them out you can definitely identify them okay no bagging or tagging required, right? They'll have to sulk off into the distance on their own. 
with no political career to follow them. And that's the way it should be, ladies and gentlemen. That's the way it should be, okay? So let's let's take into consideration one of the main rhinos, right? One of the big old horned rhinos. If it ain't Cocaine Mitch himself, you know, what is it with this, guys? You know, <laughs> I just gotta say, y'all, Mitch McConnell is frowning extra hard in this picture, don't you think? <laughs> this man, it, lo just, it looks like it hurts him to smile. You guys remember when we did the many faces of Mitch McConnell? <laughs> God, I would do that again sometime. I just love poking at this man, right? I'm like poking, poke, poke, poke Mitch McConnell. <laughs> But Mitch McConnell remains silent on FBI raid at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago, you know, that's, that's the uh, title of the headline, right? But we really need to take note, and trust me, if you're not taking note, someone is, right? But we should all be taking note of how everyone in the Republican Party, in the establishment GOP, and including the America First or the Trump supporters... Uh, or the heroes of our, of our um, uh, I guess, our delineation of, of, uh, of Republican, right? Because we really, we really need to pay attention to it, guys. They show us who they are. And especially when they think we're not paying attention, right? Especially when, I could say something about John Solomon right now, but I'm not. Okay, you'll, you go to my Truth Social and you'll see what I'm talking about. MRCTV underscore my Truth Social. He, he, uh, he posted some stuff over there today that rubbed me the wrong way, and it kind of makes me wonder, uh, are, are, are you showing us who you are, or are you just ignorant, right? Because we're not, okay? We're not, okay? If you're just the news, we are the news, okay? So anyways, so Mitch McConnell, right? Just for the sake of poking fun at these rhinos, because what are they going to do? I mean, we already know that they're, they're, they're initiating fundraisers over the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. We already know that they're making money off of the American people who are worried about their president, who are concerned that want to show report. They're already milking that cow, okay? But are they actually going to do something? Republicans included, okay? Republicans included, right? Okay, we have to break out of the team tribal mentality, ladies and gentlemen, okay? If someone talks bad about your team, you need to dissociate from that because that is not the way we are supposed to govern ourselves, right? I'm the self-governed over here. I govern myself. It is my will they do what I say, but I am beholden to my political party first. <laughs> Does that make any sense to anybody? You know, I would say definitely disarm it, disarm it, right? It's, it's, it's so easy for us to get caught up in getting offended when someone attacks or someone says something negative about something that we identify with, like, and or prefer, right? Right? Don't, don't, don't get, don't get you know, offended when someone says something against your own personal beliefs or preferences, right? Because first of all, it's not your business what they think. Let them think that. How does that affect you, right? How do their thoughts affect 
your beliefs and preferences. They don't. It's not your business. It's not my business. If someone thinks something about what I like or not, you know, and it's, it's so easy to move forward beyond that and look at the bigger picture when you have that kind of mentality, right? You know, it's almost like a shield, you know, the bullets don't get through. The ones that they are intending to sting and to hurt you don't get through. And we can walk confident, you know, we can walk confident in what we believe or prefer, you know. But again, we're at a point, I believe, personally, in my opinion, okay, as a society, as a culture, as a people, as a nation, in the year 2022, that we are beyond party politics. It's like I've said before, guys, and then we'll get into Mitch McConnell. But just one last thing, like I said before, if you took out the corruption, if you took out the theft and the fraud and the rigging of our elections, if you took all of that malignant stuff out of our elections, just take it out and just think about the procedural process the process of how we run elections in these United States of America, okay? Just the way we run it. Just the way we choose our candidates and all of that. Just the way whom we choose to, to vote for down to election day and casting that ballot. If you take away all of the shenanigans and you look at just the procedural aspect of our elections... We do not need political parties to have elections. We could run elections the same way we do today without political parties. So why do we need them? Why do we need any political parties if we can run them the same way without them? So that we can identify whose team we're on so we can identify who our brothers and sisters and, and whatever within these worldviews are so that we can divide ourselves from the rest of America, so we can stand alone from the Americans. What makes the Republicans better than the Democrats? What makes the Democrats better than the Republicans? What makes any third party better than any other party? Are we not all equal, you know, in the eyes of God, the law, and, you know, the universe, right? You know? So... If everyone's just moving for the best for our country, okay, what do we need political parties for? Why, why do we need them, you know? I'm not asking anyone to denounce their American citizenship. I'm not asking anyone to, you know, uh, denounce, you know, uh, this country or nation. And I'm not even necessarily asking anyone to denounce their party membership, but I'm just asking the question, just food for thought, just something to think about moving forward, particularly when we take a look at, you know, the rhinos, the Democrats, all the stories that we share. Just something to think about. Let's talk about Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's not saying nothing. Mum is the word, right? He's like, oh no, mum is mad at me. (laughs) 
Senator Mitch McConnell has remained silent on the FBI raid of former president. Their words, not mine. This is Breitbart, right? Donald Trump's estate at Mar-a-Lago. McConnell did not respond to Breitbart News' request for comment on the shocking incident, nor has he released a public statement about the historic raid at the time of publication. The GOP leader has not commented or demonstrated concern about his historic precedent uh, at a time when Trump may mount a comeback campaign against President-select Joe Biden in 2024. Three GOP senators in leadership positions have issued public statements condemning the raid, including Senate Republican Conference Chair John Barrasso of Wyoming, National Republican Senatorial Committee Chair Rick Scott, and Senate Republican Conference Vice Chair Joni Ernst. When Republicans retake the majority in the Senate, there will be a thorough and aggressive investigation into the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. Oh, okay, 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 wait. I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha, Senator Scott. You want to wait until after November to address what just happened. Is that it? You want to wait until you're back in power? Well, you know what? You're never going to be. You're never going to, if you ain't going to do it now, when are you going to do it, right? Anyways, he goes on. he goes on to say, Everything needs to be on the table for A.G. Garland, including impeachment, if he does not come out today and explain what happened. Now, I wonder, uh, Mr. Scott, Senator Scott, did A.G. Garland come out today? Because I ain't heard nothing from A.G. Scott. So now the question is, are you going to put your money where your mouth is? Are you going to walk the talk? You know, he just said A.G. Garland better come out today. And explain what happened or what? What are you going to do, Senator Scott? Are you just going to uh, grandstand and uh, make your constituents and uh, your party believe that you have teeth when all we can do is see them? You know, we don't feel them. Barrasso echoed Scott's outrage, raiding a former president's home. First of all, Barrasso, former president, right? Okay, we know where you stand is unprecedented. The Justice Department needs to quickly and transparently tell the American people who approved this raid and why it occurred. Ernst added, the raid was totally unprecedented action by the DOJ and FBI, the same agencies who labeled parents domestic terrorists and sat on the sidelines while justices were threatened and churches were vandalized. The American people deserve answers now. On Monday evening, Trump broke the news that his home had been raided by FBI agents. These are dark times for our nation, as my beautiful home at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege, raided, and occupied by a large group of FBI agents, Trump said. Nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. On Monday, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Rhino, revealed he is considering the creation of an investigation committee to probe the Justice Department and other agencies. McCarthy said, when Republicans take back the House, again, we're going to wait until November. We're not going to do anything about it now. When Republicans take back the House, we will conduct immediate oversight of this department Follow the facts and leave no stone unturned. 
Attorney General Garland, preserve your documents and clear your calendar. Boy, he sounds just like Trey Gar. He sounds just like Trey Gowdy, don't he? Trey Gowdy, who started to age almost immediately after he left Congress, I might add. When McCarthy was asked by Punchbowl News, <laughs> Punchbowl News, what? I hope no one spiked it. But when McCarthy was asked about what type of committee he would create if Republicans reclaimed the House in November, he said he would confer with the Republican caucus. McCarthy said, I got to talk to my members and see where we go. We have to follow it wherever it goes. Why is that, McCarthy? I heard you're the one who pulls all the shots in uh, on Capitol Hill. I heard that you're the one that will not allow people into committee if they don't do what you say, McCarthy. So why don't you tell your Republican caucus who is afraid of you from what I've read and what I've shared here at the Sea Report, why don't you tell your caucus to get working now, right? Goodness, these people, these people, it's ridiculous, guys. It is ridiculous. What are you saying in the what are you saying in the chat room over there? <laughs> Let me see. Uh, let's see here. Timbajet said something. What did you say? I saw you say this. Uh, Timbajet said, "I've been telling you about this rhino cuck for weeks." See, which cuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> are you talking about McCarthy or McConnell? Let me see. Based on the time, I would say maybe McCarthy. Yeah, dude. I'm. You know. You know, I'm glad you're on the same page with me there, my friend, because uh, Gowdy left when he found out he was white and not right. What? Gowdy left whenever they busted him, probably for being part of the, probably being an adrenochrome client. Anyways, yeah, it was about time, you know, because again, there's a perfect example, you know, perfect example of someone who's so duplicitous and deceptive and just stabbed the American people in the back. He had the support of the Trump supporters. He had the support of the grassroots. And then something happened where he does nothing. He was all talk, right? A pretty boy face, all talk, right? That aged as soon as they cut off the adrenochrome factories. Now, I don't know that for a fact. It's just my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. It's just my opinion, okay? Uh, so uh, continuing on the rhino hunt, ladies and gentlemen, it's so like I say, you have to pay attention, right? You have to pay attention. You have to really, for some of these people, okay, you, you really have to kind of suspend belief, okay? What do I mean by that? Well, Trey Gowdy would never defend the American people. Just listen to the way he talks when he's on television, right? Just listen to the way he questioned that witness during that uh, proceeding, right? Trey Gowdy, man. That's the man, man, right? Do you guys remember when, uh, when Flimsy Limsy Graham... Do you guys remember when Flimsy Lindsey Graham put on that grand performance? Do y'all remember that? You know, I'm pretty sure most of the audience was here for that, right? He stood up and he was like, this is disgusting, right? Shame on you Republicans, right? And he just went after them. And I, I believe this was uh, during the impeachment uh, moments, right? Like, flimsy Lindsey Graham stood up for President Trump with teeth showing. Did he bite? No, but his teeth were showing, right? He's like, grr, I'm flimsy Lindsey Graham, grr. You know, this is a disgrace the way that uh, you guys are uh, going on about this with the president, right? 
you know? And so anyone who was um, uh, um, not savvy to, you know, Flimsy Limsy and his dead boyfriend, John McCain, right? And everything that they did, you know, everyone that was not aware of the back and forth that President Trump had with him and the trouble that he caused him prior to that moment would assume that Flimsy Lindsey Graham must be on the side of the people. Listen to the way he talks when he's on television, man. Man, listen to the way Flimsy Lindsey sounds on television, man. He sounds good. He sounds like America first. He sounds like he's on the side of the President Trump. He sounds like he's on the side of the people. And so they would believe that this man is standing up for America and his constituents and his state, you know? Good example, because then what happens, right? Oh, the rhino comes right back on out, right? Just give him enough time. That rhino comes right back on out. So that's what I mean by suspend belief. When it comes to your heroes, ladies and gentlemen, don't get caught up in the rush. Don't get caught up in the current because all of your patriot friends are like, oh, this man, this is the one. This is the one. Critical thinking, discernment, gut feelings. We were given these, uh, you know, we are given these gifts. We were given these tools and abilities for a reason. Now, that doesn't mean you have to live in a state of suspended belief forever. But every now and then, just take a check, right? Just, just take a temperature check. How's the meat here? Are they still up to par? You know, is it still fresh? Is it starting to rot like a stinking swamp creature? Okay. It takes some work. It takes time. And these are the things that have been laid before us as obstacles to prevent us from paying attention to what they're doing. It's something that they depend on for the American people to either be apathetic or to be asleep or to be too tired to engage, okay? But suspending belief, guys, is important, okay? And I say that especially as I bring up this next story, this next group, okay? This is very important. The America First Policy Institute, AFPI, right? President Trump just gave a speech at the uh, America First Policy Forum, like what? Less than a month ago, a couple of weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen, there are so many people that we know by name and by face that are involved with the AFPI, the America First Policy Institute, okay? That we respect that we know, that we trust. Suspend your belief just for a moment and examine it with your heart and your gut and your critical thinking, okay? Read between the lines, take a note. Now, does that mean that uh, we're gonna abandon ship because they said one thing? Not necessarily, okay? Not necessarily. But that's just part of it. That's part of being the self-governed. That's part of participating in this style of government that we have been given. A constitutional republic that uses democratic features in the electoral process. Okay? So, if that is the case, if we truly want to be Americans, because we're all here proud Americans, we're all here, yeah, I'm an American, I'm proud of it, you know, red, white, and blue, I bleed it. Well, then you better damn participate in the kind of government that has been set out for us and stop giving us lip service. I'm talking to myself too, okay? 
talking to myself too. Don't just wave that flag, Mr. C, and then go to bed, right? You know, like, you gotta, part you gotta show up, okay? You gotta show up. What did the founding fathers say? You have a republic, so as long as you can keep it, because there's definitely going to be forces out there that are going to try and strip it away from you. And it is my contention that this is no longer just a great experiment, ladies and gentlemen. This is the greatest form of government that our world has ever experienced. The experiment is whether or not the constitutional republic will survive the experience. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the experiment. Will the Constitutional Republic survive? But what this nation is as itself is the greatest type of government that we could have that is for the people and by the people and of the people. Okay? So let's talk about the America First Policy Institute, okay? Now, maybe Mr. C's reading in between the lines, but there was an interesting article that featured them in the Legacy Press, okay? The mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, fake news, propaganda, mockingbird media press had this to say. They had a question. Can America First exist without Trump? Conservatives are planning on it. Okay. Let's check it out. It says, hundreds of Donald Trump's administration officials, White House aides and supporters in Congress gathered in a downtown D.C. hotel last month to lavish uh, praise on the uh, former president, their words, not mine, at a policy summit put on by a think tank promoting his agenda. The two-day event held by the America First Policy Institute was a celebration of the Trump era, but in perhaps a tacit recognition of the uncertainty of Trump's future, those at the summit stressed that his policies and his legacy could be carried on by someone else. Okay? So is, is this Mr. C just taking it too seriously, right? Like, oh, Mr. C, what are you? What are you, a, uh, a cult of personality with President? You got a crush on President Trump, Mr. C, or what? Right? Oh, oh, oh. No one but President Trump, Mr. C? Like, uh, couldn't there be someone else more qualified? Well, it's a signal. No, ladies and gentlemen, I do not have a crush on President Trump. Okay, I had a very, very healthy relationship with my father, and I do not have daddy issues, okay? But what I'm saying here is... It's a signal, okay? It's a signal. Why is it a signal? It's not because it's President Trump. It's because our elections were stolen in 2020 and President Trump is legally, lawfully, and constitutionally still the duly elected president of this nation. That is why I have an issue with that, okay? Not because, I, you know, not because I'm a fanboy, but because he is duly elected, I voted for him, I have been disenfranchised, and they stole this election. So if you're going to have an America First Policy Institute policy summit where it's all about America First, how on earth are you going to turn your cheek to the greatest crime that has ever occurred in this nation bold-faced in front of everyone in broad daylight and they saw it happen 
And how are you going to say that we could carry on with someone else when a duly elected president is not in office? You cannot turn away from that. Everybody saw it. And since then, everyone has collected the evidence. And it's there. And it's documented. And it's in, it's, it's, it's in triplicate. It's in quadruplicate. It's in quintuplet. There's so much evidence. It's just popping out of my ears, ladies and gentlemen. So that's the deal here. That's the thing with the GOP with the establishment, with the America First representatives who are coming forward and who we are just throwing our money at. Now, we know that there are a handful of them that we can trust to the point that is now, right? Okay? But what about the rest of them? What about the Jim Jordans? What about the, uh, what about the, uh, the, the uh, John Radcliffe's, right? The ones who say that they are America first, right? The ones who say that they're for President Trump and they would support him, you know? What about them? You know, what about the Romney McDaniels? You know, the ones who are like, oh yeah, you know, GOP, whatever. You know, what about those people? What about the Marsha Blackburns? The ones who were able to turn their backs on the Constitution and their constituents to, 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 to what? To punish? Punish? You're going to punish America and you're going to defy the Constitution because you want to you wanna slap the hands and spank the people who, who broke into the Capitol, right? Is that worth it? Put it on a scale. You know, put it on a scale. Uh, a supposed, supposed insurrection, right? Defying the Constitution, okay? They don't equal each other. You're going to punish America and you're going to strip away the rights of a duly elected president because you want to show them that what they did was bad when it was totally orchestrated, that is a bunch of bullshit, ladies and gentlemen. It stinks to high heaven and no one has flushed the commode, ladies and gentlemen, okay? It still stinks. And how many other people are thinking about that out there, ladies and gentlemen? How many other people are thinking about that? What, five Five people on Capitol Hill, if that, have actually stood up for President Trump? Five people? Okay, I mean, I'm being conservative by saying five, obviously. You know, it might be more than that. It might be less. I like the America First Policy Institute, guys. I like it. But this type of rhetoric, this type of thought process, I cannot agree with, okay? Does that mean I'm going to totally jump ship from these guys? No, unless what we read is worse in what's to come. But I'm taking notes, ladies and gentlemen. I'm taking notes. Do we need the America, do we need the America First Policy Institute for the people to run this nation? No, we don't need them. In fact, they could just be siphoning off our money, guys. They could just be, we're here, we're America first, we're going to help the American people so you don't have to do it. You can go to work, you can stay home, you can watch your kids. We're going to siphon off your money. Do we need NGOs? No. Do we need political parties? No. 
We don't need any of that. We need each other, ladies and gentlemen. We need you and you need me. We need each other to stand united as Americans. But how are they any different from any other NGO that's out there that's uh, doing regime change somewhere else? I mean, think about it. Obviously, that's not where they are, okay? And obviously, as an organization, yeah, they can help with the legal issues and putting some spotlight and putting some what? Some, some, uh, some, some fire and some, I guess some, I don't know, uh, what, what would you call that? Um, professional, official, whatever. I'm sure they could do that as a policy institute, as, as a, what's her name again? As a Vince McMahon's wife, you know, I'm sure they could do all that. But do we need them? As a people, no. The people of America are fighting back. They're filing lawsuits. They're running for office right now. They didn't need the America First Policy Institute to do that, okay? Now, I like them. I've liked them since they come out. But this right here, that all of these policies and the legacy can be carried out by someone else, okay, again, I will say it again. It's not about President Trump. It's about the facts that the election was stolen and they know it and they're looking forward without taking care of what was done. They are not respecting or abiding by the rule of law. The evidence is there. The people are saying it. The people are crying for it. The people want justice. But someone else could take care of it. The legacy can be carried on by uh, the next America First Policy Institute candidate. Does not rub me the right way. Just taking notes. Just taking notes, ladies and gentlemen. Just taking notes. I like a lot of the people who are involved with this, uh, with this uh, organization. But we're just taking notes. Linda McMahon. It says here, the main goal of the think tank is so that the conservative policy movement is ready when the next Republican administration comes in, said Kellyanne Conway, who uh, betrayed President Trump in her latest book. Do you guys remember that? We reported on that story. Loved Kellyanne Conway, but she betrayed him. She went on over to her uh, husband's uh, side of the line over there. She was like, you know what, George? You know what, George? I've spent so much, so many years fighting you over Trump. I'm just going to join you again. You know what? Though, that is her wifely duty. So be it. But can I trust Kellyanne Conway anymore? Does President Trump trust Kellyanne Conway anymore? No, he doesn't. He even said it in a statement. We read it. I don't know what caused Kellyanne Conway to betray me. But apparently when people write books, for some reason, they start making up things, they start forgetting things, they start telling lies. And she did. At least she uh, had the integrity to make it through the first administration, right? At least now we see who she is, okay? And apparently now she's associated with the America First Policy Institute, Kellyanne Conway, right? That's right. Uh, Kellyanne Conway is a former senior White House advisor who chairs the Institute's Center for the American Child. Kellyanne went on to say it's here to make sure his policy accomplishments, really the legacy of the Trump-Pence administration. Okay, okay, okay. So Kellyanne Conway wants to make sure that they're giving some credit to President, uh, Vice President Pence. 
And there's another thing that rubs me the wrong way, ladies and gentlemen, about the America First Policy Institute, at least at the, uh, at the words of Kellyanne Conway. It's not just the Trump administration, because Pence did not betray him, right? Pence did not uh, uh, unconstitutionally certify an illegal election uh, or a slate of electors, right? You see what I'm saying here? The minutia, the detail. God loves details. And the devil's in those details. The Trump-Pence administration, says Kellyanne Conway. She needs to make sure that it is preserved and it is progressed. Trump is the early favorite in polling ahead of the race for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. And his endorsement helped elevate candidates in competitive GOP primaries on Tuesday. In Arizona, Trump-backed Senate candidate Blake Masters, who wears far too much foundation. Um, And he's also a venture capitalist. And I think he also works for Peter Thiel, the transhumanist, right? Okay, get ready, guys. Get ready, guys. It's great to be part of the winning team. But you want to make sure that your team survives, right? So get ready. Blake Masters. Uh, This, 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 uh, what what was that guy's name? The, uh... Hamaday, the Ham, Abra- oh, I'm sorry, Ibrahim Johamalad Hamaday. Get ready, y'all. Get ready. Okay? Get ready. Blake Masters, a venture capitalist, gubernatorial candidate, Carrie Lake, um, who campaigned with President Trump, both won Republican nominations. And in Michigan, the uh, president's favored candidate for governor who's also the favored of the Michigan Rhino Establishment, uh, um, uh, Rhino Establishment Royalty, Tudor Dixon, will face off against Democrat Governor Gretchen, Wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, obviously, we'll take anyone over Wretched Gretchen Whitmer, but a uh, Rhino is a little bit harder to f- uh, find than a uh, Democrat, right? Uh, so yeah, so this was obviously written prior to that election. Anyways, let's go on. It says, uh, but the early victories are not stopping Republicans from trying to figure out who to, how to hold onto Trump supporters while exploring the potential for a move away from the former president. Some like those in the never Trump movement have been explicit in their efforts to return to traditional conservatism since 2016. Others have tried to frame his presidency as the launch of a movement that can be separated from its leaders and carried on by others. Last year, several of Trump's former White House aides and administration officials formed AFPI, which grew out of policy planning for his second term in office. The group has been called an administration in waiting, and its leaders note that several of them were in the room when Trump made the biggest decisions of his presidency. I would say what the American people want are policies that improve their lives, regardless of race, religion, color, creed, and they had that under Donald Trump, said Hogan Gidley, a former deputy White House press secretary who leads the Institute's Center of Election Integrity, Oh, 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 election integrity. Why don't I hear you talking about 2020, Hoagland Gidley? I think it behooves you to address what happened in 2020 if you want to be the so-called leader for the center of election integrity. I already have an issue with this guy. Okay. Okay. So anyways, he, it says that he is pushing for more restrictive voter ID and absentee ballot laws. 
So uh, this Hogan goes on to say, and so regardless of whether Donald Trump is candidate or a kingmaker, I think that's what the people want. For his part, Trump's appear Trump appears to see himself as both. He is expected to announce his third presidential bid as soon as this fall, though some allies have urged him to wait until after November midterm elections and has also been strategically endorsing candidates in Secretary of State and legislative races who would play key roles in his administration um, for the next presidential election. The GOP has always hoped it could sweat out the Trump years and move on to somebody who reflected a more traditional understanding of conservative policy agenda. Said Sarah Longwell, a Republican strategist and founder of the Republican Accountability Project, a political action committee that opposes candidates who promote the big lie pushed by Trump about the 2020 election. Hmm. The question is whether voters will follow. Longwell has conducted nearly a dozen focus groups since the House Committee investigating the January 6th attack started holding hearings in June and has found that more and more of Trump's 2020 voters don't want him to run in 2024. I would like to know who she's polling, to be quite honest with you. Though they're not watching the hearings and getting turned off by the former president, her words, not mine, they worry about his electability. No, 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 no. Y'all worry about his electability, okay? Not the people. The people know he will be elected again, if not sooner than 2024. They think he's got too much baggage. They think too many people don't like him, Longwell said. It's not even about how they themselves feel. W was she polling the affluent GOP voters who are all establishment and donors? That's who she was polling. She was polling the people who give, him, who give them money, right? She was, she was not over here in San Antonio, down by the border. She was not over there in blue-collar whatever America. She was polling the donors, the GOP establishment donors. I bet you money that's who they were asking whether or not they wanted Trump. They, none of those people want Trump back. The rhinos are not just on Capitol Hill. The rhinos are not just in the state house. The rhinos are not just the unelected bureaucrats that are pulling the strings. The rhinos are also the establishment donors and the businessmen and the private sector that have nothing to do with a casting a vote in their name, okay? Like Charles Butt, for example, in San Antonio, Texas, okay? This is regional, guys. Okay, the Butt family, which are billionaires and have what I call big grocery, okay? That's the perfect example. That's the perfect example of the rhino businessman and the rhino donor that doesn't give a crap about the American people, that does not give a crap about the country or the nation or the constitution or the constitutional republic that we live under. They are the rhino donor, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll do this for Charles Butt. If you know, if you're from Texas and you know H-E-B, that's who we're talking about.
yes, ladies and gentlemen, the rhinos do exist outside of the boundaries of politics, okay? Or at least uh, political insight and, and, and uh, knowledge, you know? This is a good example. This Charles Butt guy who's donating uh, thousands and thousands of dollars to Rhino Abbott and to uh, uh, Rhino uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and uh, a lot of money to Rhino Speaker of the House Dade Phelan in, in the heart of Texas, you know, has a political action committees that are set up to oppose um, school choice, right? They don't want your. They don't want the money following the child around. They want the money to go to the schools that are not going to do their job, so that this way they're all left on government welfare, and it's a big old circle, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so that's who they. She probably asked Charles Butt, right? She was probably like, "Hey, Charlie, uh, do you want Trump to be president in 2024? Uh, you give us a lot of money, right? No, 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 he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Conservative, right? Republican." establishment rhino a lot more to think about right so uh finishing this up ladies and gentlemen before we get too long we're already a little bit long but thank you for staying with us tonight over here at the sea report she goes uh, the article goes on to say trump's return to washington for the summit his first visit since leading office in january 2021 came less than a week after the eighth public hearing held by the january 6th unselect committee which has trained its focus on the president's role in inciting the mob that stormed the Capitol in a false flag riot and also his inaction after doing so. Hours after Trump's speech at the summit on July 26th, the Washington Post reported that the Justice Department was investigating his actions involving the attack. Trump, along with several in his circle, um, is also being investigated by Fulton County District Attorney. I told you she had a funny name. Fanny Willis. What you talking about, Willis? Fanny Willis. I told you she had a funny name. I just could not remember it. I'll never forget it now because of what you're talking about, Willis, for allegedly meddling in the 2020 Georgia election. Another big old nothing. This is another big old Bradford Raffensburger nothing burger, right? It's a Bradford Rottenburger. What's going on in Georgia, right? She's just like Letitia James. She just wants to put a feather in her hat. She just wants to put a star on her stripes. She just wants to do, you know, she wants to just boast boast about it, put, put her name on a plaque. Besides his legal troubles, Trump is also facing potential challenges from a younger generation of conservatives with less baggage, including Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who needs to stay in Florida, and uh, former president... <laughs> How do they figure that uh, former Vice President Mike Pence is a younger generation? What, because the adrenochrome is keeping his face looking nice and fresh or what, right? Since they're going to they're gonna continue having abortions in Indiana since they killed off uh, Representative Walorski? Is that the case, right? Is that why? Is that why all the Republicans voted to keep abortions in Indiana, Pence? Huh? So you can keep your, fr your skin nice and fresh and taut and clean, right, Pence? Is that what it's all about? I guess so. I don't know. I mean, he might look young, I guess. Maybe he's like a mature 30. I don't know. Go figure. So, and of course, of course, Pence is uh, urging Republicans to look forward to future elections and avoid relitigating the past. Longwell said Trump's 2020 voters also mentioned Republican governors Christy Noem of South Dakota and Greg Abbott. Oh, man, I almost dropped an F-bomb. I almost dropped an F-bomb, but we're still a family show, guys. I apologize. Screw that, ladies and gentlemen. Ain't nobody wants Greg Abbott running for nothing. Nah, 
He's not getting out of Texas alive after this uh, term. I guarantee it. Alex, and that's not a physical mortal threat for those of you out there who are trying to read between my lines, okay? I'm just saying his political career will be over, all right? Alex Kanant, a Republican strategist who worked on Florida Senator Marco Rubio, Rhino, 2016 presidential campaign, said that people are going to run for president regardless of what Trump does at this point. For any Republican politician with ambitions, they have to run in 2024 or they may never get another chance. Taking out Trump is risky, but in many ways, Trump is a much weaker candidate now than he was in 2016, given everything that's transpired over the last five years. I don't think these people realize how much we see that Trump did. I don't think they realize. I mean, you know what? If there was another contender on the field that could get as much done in as little time with as much duress as Trump was under, fine. Bring the best candidate forward. If he's uh, 20 years younger and, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, with a smaller waistline, whatever, you know. But they can't even prove their stripes. No one has done what President Trump did ever in American history, okay? The founding fathers founded the nation. They fought against the British, but no one has brought our country back from the edge of destruction. And by the grace of God, given us a moment to wake up and remember what our duty is as self-governing citizens, people of this land. No one has ever done that. It's the first time in history anything has ever occurred like this in this nation, okay? First time in history, you know? Between the founding of this nation and where we are today, there's never been anything like this before. We were literally hanging off the edge of the cliff. Literally. The Constitution was like this in the hands of Nancy Pelosi. It was ready to be destroyed. Ladies and gentlemen, it was ready to be destroyed. It was the end of the 16-year plan. They were good to go, they thought. We were given the grace, we were given the relief to find our path. Once again, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't know what these fools are thinking. And I don't know how they cannot see that we see it and we understand it and we realize it. We see it. We discern it. We know it. It's right in front of our face, you know, and, and this entire downward spiral of the illegitimate Joe Junta regime has only accentuated those four years more than anything else. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, let's finish this article, okay? <laughs> All right, let's finish this article. As a nonprofit that cannot engage in political activity or endorse candidates, AFPI cannot explicitly back Trump, though the organization was founded on his ideals. To what? Profit off of his ideals? To grift off of his ideals? Some of the people hired by the organization, however, have been critical of the former president, their words not mine, and advocated for the party to move on. In March 2021... Former Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal, Jindal co-wrote a Newsweek op-ed calling on Republicans to separate 
Trump from his policies. Many conservatives, this Bobby person wrote, would not miss Trump, the man, if they could preserve the ideas that we're making America great. Despite the op-ed, Jindal was recruited by AFPI President Brooke Rollins, a former director of the White House Domestic Policy Council under Trump, to lead the group's Center for a Healthy America. He better not look like his uh, Secretary of State, right? Because <laughs> that man don't look healthy. It's about promoting state bills, state legislation, as well as federal legislation. So whoever's the Republican nominee in 24, whoever's the next Republican president, has these conservative policies they can work with, they can build on, Jindal said at the summit after leading a panel on health care with members of Congress. When asked if that nominee should be Trump, Jindal, one of more than a dozen Republicans who ran for president in 2016, deflected. Jindal said, I think it'll be time to focus on the presidential election after November. Right now, I think every conservative, every Republican should be focused on taking back the House and the Senate. Former Trump White House advisor Peter Navarro has publicly criticized AFPI for hiring staff who he believes are insufficiently loyal to the president going so far as to warn Trump not to speak at the summit and arguing that the Institute wants to break from him while capitalizing on the success of his movement. This is why the January 6th Unselect Committee want Peter Navarro's head, ladies and gentlemen. So Navarro said in an op-ed for American Greatness, that may well be AFPI's broader agenda hijack the political attractiveness of Trumpism, but replace Trump with an AFPI-appointed rhino. Again, ladies and gentlemen, do the American people need this type of uh, uh, organization to fight for them? No. Do the American people need this type of an organization to declare their candidate for them? No. But under the auspices of America First, right, under the auspices of America First, kind of sounds like to me like AFPI, America First Policy Institute, is just as fake as, uh, you know, uh, Nick Fuentes' America First, right? You know, just as fake, right? Just ready, ready and set to take away the people's will, vote and voice, and more importantly for them to take their money. Gah, man. You see, that's what I mean by suspending belief, because... I don't like that I'm reading this. You know, I enjoyed some of the uh, programs and some of the um, work that the America First Policy Institute was putting out and some of the people that play with it. But I'll be honest with you, I had never read uh, that from Peter Navarro before, but it's, it's a good thing that there are people who are aware, you know, and uh, that we can share the information, right? AFPI staffers have countered by pointing to Trump's support for the organization. In addition to his keynote, Trump's Save America PAC gave the group $1 million last year. At the same time, Trump appears committed to fighting to retain his role as the face of the America First movement. In his keynote address at the summit, Trump weighed in on the question that will define the race for the 2024 presidential Republican nomination. Will his legal woes and actions 
on January 6th, make him unelectable. He made a familiar promise to his acolytes, declaring that despite his enemies' best efforts to silence him, he would have a second act in the White House. They want to damage you in any form, but they really want to damage me so I can no longer go back to work for you, he said. I don't think that is going to happen. Trump told New York Magazine last month that he'd already determined whether or not to run, and the only debate is over timing in announcing his decision. He said he believed an announcement before the midterms would discourage others from running and potentially unleash a backlash against anyone who challenged him. Uh, let me read that New York Magazine because I think that he should absolutely declare his candidacy today. That's what I think. Most political observers agree an early announcement would harm Republicans' efforts to keep voters focused on the Biden administration's struggles. If Trump inserts himself into the final in the into the final weeks of the election by announcing his candidacy, it muddies what should be a clear referendum, Kanant said. I can't think of a positive aspect to it. A Trump announcement ahead of the midterm elections would also be a bonanza for Democrats, said former Democrat representative Steve Israel, the chair of the uh, Cornell University Institute of Politics and Global Affairs. If you look at the 2021 elections where Republicans did very well in state and local elections, the Democrat strategy was to try and put Donald Trump on the ballot in those races. People did not accept it because he was not on the ballot. But once he announces in 2022, he is absolutely on the ballot. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know about that line of reasoning. I just think that the rhinos are afraid, ladies and gentlemen, if he decides to run, it's going to totally spoil their campaign and they just want their time in the spotlight. They just want a chance to shine as uh, those who ran against the best president that this nation has ever experienced and has ever had the privilege to call a leader of the people ladies and gentlemen. And uh, that, as they say, is that. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up tonight's episode of The Sea Report. I hope you guys had a uh, fine time. And um, I thank you all for being present. Um, it is much appreciated. You'll never understand how greatly it's appreciated. So thank you so much. Um, so, all right. So here's where we are, ladies and gentlemen, where that stands. Let me do some final thoughts. Okay. Final thoughts. Um, discernment, important, you know, um, getting out there and, uh, well, you know, it's like Christina Caramo said in a video, a video that she released today. Uh, in regard to um, what has happened uh, with this uh, you know, FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. The time is now. The time is now, okay? Now is the time. Uh, we, we cannot expect to save this nation and restore our republic if we do not participate and we do not 
do everything within our ability. And it's going to be different for everyone, right? Everyone has a different abil ability. And uh, it's just about maximizing the potential that we have, okay? And it's different for everyone. You know, it's different for everyone. Not everyone can run uh, for office. You know, not everyone can uh, uh, donate a million or a thousand dollars or whatever the legal limits are. And not, not everyone can get on, uh, you know, behind in front of a camera and just talk for a few hours, right? Not everyone can do those things, but we all can do something, okay? We all can do something, you know? Um, the elections are by, by and far the most important aspect of this taking it back. Far more important than that is not just showing up on election day. And, and I am a firm believer that we should only have election day. There should be no early elections. Okay. Elections happen what? Once or twice a year. Okay. There's no, there's no reason. And, and I'm just going to say it. There's no reason why we should have the excuse, well, I don't know what I'll be doing on election day. They happen in November every two years, okay? City elections, state elections happen, uh, you know, every, what, about the same time, you know, same time of year, okay? We should, or we, or we, I mean, if there's anything that's more consistent on our yearly calendar is election days, there's no reason why we should have something else going on on that day. There's no reason why we shouldn't move our things around that. Oh, well, you know, I have work on that day. You already knew it was coming a year to half a year in advance, right? It's going to be sometime around the same time, particularly if you've been living in the same, uh, you know, uh, same area or city or whatever county. It's always going to be around the same time. There's no reason to say you don't know what you're going to be doing on that day. That's just my feelings and my opinions, my thoughts, humbly speaking, okay? But there's nothing more important than the elections. In your city, in your county, that needs to be the focus. Why waste time talking to the rhinos on Capitol Hill? When you can make a difference in your neighborhood, in your city, and in your county, they are the ones that need to hear from you. They are the ones that need your, your, your perspective. They need your voice. They need your opinion. They need your thoughts. Because we've ignored the commissioners for far too long. We've ignored the city councilors for far too long. We've ignored the school board uh, members for far too long. And look at what happened. And then all of a sudden, when we figure out that the school board is teaching our children all of these terrible things, we show up angry. Well, you know what? That's also on us. You know, we, we cannot blame the school board members, you know, like specifically or exclusively. Because we didn't show up for the last three or four decades or more. So they thought they were doing okay just, you know, running over America's uh, parents and teaching their children whatever. And I'm sure that they had encouragement from whomever is over their, you know, school board or whatever. But that's also on us. And you see, when we do not show up and express our thoughts and opinions and all of that, 
and they go off and do what they do, you know, and then there's a confrontation. Obviously, they never heard from us. We never showed up. Now we show up and we don't like it. Bam, collision. They deserve to hear from us. Anyone in this position, sheriff, judge, commissioner, city councilman, you know, school board member, they, we owe it to them. If we want them to do a job for and by and of the people, we owe it to them to at least let them know how we feel. Otherwise, how can we expect them to work for us if they don't know what we want from them? It's just fair. It's just fair. Just like at a job. How can you, how can a boss, you know, reprimand, chastise, write up an employee if they don't even know the expectations of the job? We're done with that time period, ladies and gentlemen. That era is over. And America is awake. And we're just about ready to take full responsibility and accountability for ourselves, which includes our nation. And that will help us as we continue to restore our republic. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, we're done. I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. It was a great night hanging out with you guys tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. Now, as I said, for tomorrow, we have Lone Star News coming up at 3 p.m. Central Time. That's Texas-centric news and current events. Uh, the Sea Report will be live at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. A third show I'm doing tomorrow, because I just can't get enough of the whatever, <laughs> will be This Is News at 10 p.m. Central Time over at the Speak and Easy's channel. If you don't know who the Speak and Easy is, uh, you're probably not on the Foxhole or on Pill.net, but you can find him at Twitch and... Uh, uh, rum, uh, Twitter and Facebook, I think as well. Anyhow, anyhow. Okay, guys. Uh, but, 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 wait, 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 wait. Just as a way of warning, I also have exterminators coming over to the apartments tomorrow here at the C. The C Studios needs to be fumigated, right? So, uh, depending on what time they come, if they're early, it's showtime. If they're late, we may not have an episode of Lone Star News tomorrow. Tomorrow on Lone Star News, though, we will be going over. The uh, Texas-owned lawsuit, that's right, many, many, many bold and courageous Texans got together and they sued the state, right? They have sued the state of Texas with many, many, many unnamed defendants for the illegalities of the Texas elections. It's a long and thorough, a thorough, thorough lawsuit, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we are going through that lawsuit and reading it. So this way we are aware of what our fellow Texans are doing and fellow citizens of this nation. And uh, hopefully, it, I mean, it'll provide a template or it'll provide a pathway forward for those who are wondering what they can do to help this country and help restore our republic. So that's what's going on tomorrow. With that said, I bid you adieu, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again. Uh, my family and friends over at the foxhole.appill.net. So let me just go real quick. Tam Growl, 123SKG, Timbajet, Relanon. Uh, and everyone else who's hanging out over there, uh, if you're joining us over at Rumble, please make sure you like and subscribe if you uh, like the cut of my jibe and you appreciate the work that I'm doing. And uh, give, us a, give us a Rumble as well. That would be great. I definitely appreciate it. Twitch, Clout Hub, uh, Trovo, thank you all for being with us here tonight. We'll see you guys tomorrow. 
And as always, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We'll see you soon. Have a good night, y'all. Take care. talk about Georgia. Uh, President Trump truthed about this earlier. Ballot images missing, right? Drop boxes with no video. And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're going to die on this hill. We're going to be gay and we're going to rape our children no matter what you say because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run see in the dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering what the heck is this bald man talking about, uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you've got your C report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do see in the dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. We got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. Woo! -hoo!